Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 185 of At Odds With Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe. You confused the hell out of me today, because normally I log on to Skype, and I always beat you here. Like, I'm always on Skype, like, maybe 10 minutes early, and you seem to log in, like, at a minute, too, you know, before we record. And I saw that you were online, and I saw that Todd was online, so I thought you were going to surprise me with this big, like, super show of, like, at odds and porch talk and long box heroes all combining together. Either that or, like, an intervention. I wasn't sure. Well, no, the day is coming where we are going to get Michelle from Wings on Wings, who is becoming a secret wrestling fan. She's only a fan of Battle Royals and Royal Rumbles, strangely. <laughs> well, um, that makes sense. When pre-pandemic, um, you know, two years ago, uh, when you were supposed to go on your Star Trek cruise or whatever it was. <laughs> Star Trek cruise. I don't know yeah. how we got there. It was a it was a trip to San Diego, but that's yeah, what sure. it was. <laughs> Um, but for that week, it was like right after like whatever that AEW pay-per-view was going to be, the bit was going to be that, uh, Todd and Michelle had to watch it. And then they were going to be like, that was going to be the show that week. And obviously the pandemic happened, your trip got canceled and everything else like that. Uh, but no, Todd and I, uh, were recording something ahead of time, uh, for this week's upcoming, uh, long box heroes. Very rarely do we have guests on that show. Um, but this week, uh, just everything kind of lined up and we had, a f- uh, someone that we're both really big fans of, uh, comic book writer, artist, Kyle Starks. Uh, he has a new book coming out. He's doing like the hard press, uh, push to get out there and everything else like that. And I try to limit my social media use. And these are how these sort of things happen. Like I see someone say like, Hey, I have a book coming out. Uh, I'm willing to do like podcasts or whatever it is to do it. And like, sometimes I'll see that tweet like four days later. And it just yeah. so happened that I saw this that it happened. I messaged him. We scheduled it. We did everything else like that. I think we ended up talking for like an hour and a half. And a good chunk of it is about wrestling. Oh. And that. actually, I, this is great that we're doing this. So there's a part where Kyle actually spoils one of the Chikara shows that we're going to be watching later this year. <laughs> okay. Was he shoot trash? Was he naming ants? No. <laughs> Um, let's just, well, let's just say something that gets opened on the show that we watched for this week's homework. Okay. He talks about how it gets closed. Oh, that son of a bitch. You're gonna have to beep it all out. (laughs) (laughs) And I did say, I, I go, you know, I go, "Eh," cause that's, we were talking about it and like that era. And I'm like, oh, we're watching it for the wrestling show. And he mentions the thing. And I go, I'm gonna have to put a spoiler warning in here for my co-host Adam. Cause he listens to this. So that this doesn't spoil that when we get to the show in like four months or five months or whatever it ends up being, you know? Yeah, you're going to have to, for the first time ever, put timestamps in the the show notes. Yes, I do. Every, <laughs> I do when we talk spoilers about different comics and stuff, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, that's what we were doing. Uh, like I said, it doesn't happen very often. Don't like to have it be a regular thing. Um, I know young Ed pitched that he was going to come on. Uh, he wants to either come on our show or if you catch my grift, uh, piss ass drunk or whatever it is. <laughs> and I'll say this, Ed went out there and he said, uh, he called the shot. He said, I want to be on at odds to either talk about the preview of, or the after of when black label pro does their fancy wrestling show. Mm-hmm. And I know it's coming up on May 1st. 
and you know, and still sending out tweets like, "Oh, I'm going to the fancy wrestling show. Here's the outfit I'm wearing." And it's the girl in like the prom dress smoking the big bong or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so over the weekend, I I text Ed, uh, and I go, uh, "Hey, uh, when are we going to schedule you on to talk about the uh, fancy wrestling show?" And he goes, "Oh, that's on a Sunday. I ain't going to that shit." And I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, I I do think that this show sorely is lacking in a drunk element. Like we need to have like a drunken episode at least once. <laughs> I will. I, the last couple of weeks, I I have done the show nicely buzzed. But no. oh, <laughs> why was I not informed? Hold on, I'm gonna pause this. I'll go bust one open. Hold on. All right. It's a school night though, but uh, we'll see. Maybe next time we gotta like plan this. We'll just have one. Where we're just we're just completely annihilated, and you just start spilling all the tea. <laughs> well, I typically do anyway. I don't know any better. <laughs> all right, but definitely, like I said, if um. You know, definitely check out the uh, Longbox Heroes this Wednesday when that comes out. Um, you know, Kyle's a great dude, very enthusiastic. Um, you know, hey, let let the, let his book that's coming out, which the title of the book is called "Fuck This Place." <laughs> okay, I like it. Um, and you know, obviously because like most retailers, like we can't put a book on the title uh, on our shelves that's like has like the fuck like fuck right on the cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the alternate title for the book that's called I Hate This Place. Okay, see, I've heard that. Like, I've heard yeah. you guys talk about that, but that's because Longbox is a very clean, family-friendly yes. show. <laughs> it's not a cesspool and like this. <laughs> he does He does slip... Oh, this is a great story, too, and we're going to get into wrestling, I promise. Um, he does slip up, and I have to go edit it, but one of the books that he did was a book called Assassination. Yep. Uh, where it's like the battle of all these great assassins and everything else like that. And one of the characters in the book's name is Fuck Tarkington. <laughs> and he says the guy's name and he's like, oh, I got to. He goes, oh, you're going to have to beep that out. I'm like, yeah, I got it. I wrote down the time code. We're good. All right. You um, sure you don't want me to fix it? You know, me no. being the, the editor in the group now? <laughs> no, we're good. All right. Uh, but many, 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 many years ago in the three guys from nowhere days, uh, we had my friend Brian on who used to be the editor of these shows. Uh, he used to be on a bunch of the shows, but he has, like, zero motivation to do any of these things. And do you know the book, the comic book, Crossed? Oh, yeah. That was the, the Garth Ennis book. Originally, yes. At least, yeah. Yes. And there was a character in the book whose name was Horsecock. <laughs> and Brian thought, like, jo- like, jokingly but seriously, he goes, oh, well, that's just the character's name, so I can say it on the show. And I'm like, no, you can't. Well, you know what? I, back in the day when I was in school and I wasn't an idiot, uh, I, I took some journalism classes and I was told that if you are quoting somebody in like news, you can curse as long as you're quoting the person. So like if you're like, oh, and then the mayor said they can all fuck themselves. Like if you're quoting somebody, you can put it in print and there's no problem. So I think for like if you're doing a journalism, uh, that's all allowed. If someone's proper name is go fuck yourself, <laughs> exactly. then you could say that. Okay. And then you're like in, in subsequent references, you say, Mr. Go fuck yourself. And you know, you don't have to put their last first name in there. Yeah. We get, we get a little dicey with after dark this week where piss is in the title of the episode. Oh, look at that. <laughs> all right. But this show, there are no rules other than there's a couple rules. <laughs> and now at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history. So this is actually a rather lean this day in wrestling history. Uh, there was a Chikara show from 2012 that was actually one that we skipped over because it was rather uneventful. 
Um, I did have to message Jerry because the way they did the write up, uh, I got fucked up because they put the guy that they put that QT Marshall wrestled on a Chikara show. <laughs> and I'm like, if fucking QT Marshall wrestled on a Chikara show, I'd goddamn know it. But whoever was doing the write ups, um, you know, like whatever auto corrected martial law to QT Marshall and they didn't fix it. And I messaged Jerry. I'm like, fix this shit, motherfucker. That's how uh, you know you've been writing QT Marshall out way too much that your phone autocorrects it. That's right. Or it's like, like if, I, if I start writing Veronica on my phone, it autofills Tickle Feather. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and there was also a CZW Best of the Best, but there's more canceled people on the show than non-canceled people on the show. So yeah. uh, less said about that, the better. Uh, you know, we do have our head-to-heads uh, from 1997 and Monday Night Raw versus Nitro. Um, you know, Raw has been on a bit of a hot streak coming out of WrestleMania, uh, but this week and especially next week is a little bit of the cooling off period. Uh, this is an episode of Monday Night Raw where there is no Austin, there is no Shawn Michaels, there is no Bret Hart, there is no Undertaker, and we talked last week that Sid, you know, that like he no showed whatever, but this is one where they have like two live matches from uh indiana and then the other ones are taped matches from johannesburg south africa okay (laughs) and next week's raw is the one that they advertise as raw being from like three different countries or three different continents or whatever and that is like it ends up being like the lowest rated raw in the history of raw up to that point and vince fucking blows a gasket but that's for next week that's back when he cared about bad ratings yes (laughs) Uh, because they were in a war, they were head to head in Monday Nitro. Uh, this was their first time uh, running, you know, and whatever it was called and whatever it's called now. But it was their first time running the Spectrum uh, in Philly because they would always run the Civic Center. And this was their first time running the Spectrum. And it was the night after ECW Barely Legal, which at the time people were like, fuck WCW coming into our town, blah, 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 blah. But uh, if it was now, it'd be like, oh, Nitro's coming to Philly. Let's figure out a way to like do a show or like WCW pay-per-view is coming to Philly. Let's try to do a show around it for ECW, you know? Yeah, yeah, get the the, the weekend synergy thing. Right. Like, I, I remember being as like a, 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 obviously wrestling is the height of its power. So I was trying to consume as much as possible. I used to be bummed that like WCW never came around this area. And it wasn't until maybe like the dying days that they hit like, the Wilkes-Barre area, like the FU arena. I think it was like a, a thunder or something like that. We, we actually got a couple thunders and a nitro in like early 99, like pre Russo. Um, Cause I remember there was like a head to head top of the hour, uh, Ric Flair, Terry Funk promo segment that was on okay. a night that was on a nitro. And there was also like a vignette that was filmed like a live to tape. That was going to be a brawl that would spill out into the crowd, like through the crowd and into the ring with disco Inferno. I uh, like, like, like Johnny the bull and maybe like big Vito or whatever. <laughs> and they were like in the concourse, like under where we were sitting yeah. And, like, all of a sudden, like, we see, like, the cameras pulling up and the interviewer or whatever. We're like, what the fuck's going on? And we look down and they're there. And then, like, DDP comes out and attacks them and they all brawl through the crowd. 
literally the only thing I remember, I went to one Thunder, uh, and the only thing I remember from that entire show was they Norman Smiley was doing the gimmick where he was the hardcore champ, and he had, like, the shoulder pads and the football helmet, and he was, like, yeah. running through the crowd. That's the only thing I remember from two hours of Thunder. He, uh, it was the deal where, I think he, it was, I know you said football pads, but he was wearing, like, the, the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Penguins hockey gear and the oh, jersey okay. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that was the, the and again it was you know it's not in a week or whatever but that was the first time that he went into the kiss demons casket <laughs> and he came out like maybe it was like the following week on Nitro or whatever it was where it was like still screaming Norman Smiley but he was wearing the kiss makeup. <laughs> How did this company lose? This is all gold. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> some, so, sometimes like sometimes you're just too ahead of your like they they were too far ahead of their time, right? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, definitely what it was. Not that it sucked shit and was horrible. <laughs> Take that back. Uh, but something that definitely doesn't suck shit and is awesome. Uh, today uh, is legitimately one of my favorite wrestlers. I And again, I'm not going to say top five. I'm not going to say top ten. But he's squeaking up onto the top 15. Uh, but today is Double J's birthday. Ha <laughs> ha, Double J. J E double F J A double R E double T. That's double J Jeff Jarrett. And listen, there's a lot of people out there, many of them even listeners of this show, that don't like Jeff Jarrett. And How to, dare they? to to them, I say go fuck yourself, okay? Yeah, because yeah. Jeff Jarrett is awesome, and like he may not be like the best or the most charismatic wrestler, or whatever it is, but like when it comes to people that know how to work the wrestling business. There's no one better than than Jeff Jarrett. Like, he is the definition of failing upward in the world of professional wrestling. <laughs> Are you going to be pre-ordering uh, the, the major bendies when they come out? No, because you have to do the combo pack. And no offense, but I don't want a Conrad bendy, you know? <laughs> Are you, you're not going to try to sell it in the group? No. <laughs> you don't think the group's going to be, like, just inundated <laughs> with Conrads for sale? <laughs> I have a feeling that they're going to be hawking those for a long time. But listen, I, I saw Zombie Sailor say that the first set of the Heels and Faces line are going to be shipping out within the next six days. Now, mark your calendar. Right. And again, I'm going to be there in seven days to look at that and see that they haven't shipped out yet. Yeah, you're going to be uh, like but, talking to your contacts at the docks to make sure that he was yeah. went through with it. And he claimed that after that set comes out, then the Double J standalone is going to be out shortly thereafter, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, again, we'll see. Uh, I ain't holding my breath, but we'll see. All right. I'm rooting for you. All right. And I'm glad this was done. And listen, usually I do a cutoff for when it comes to calls, but we got a special call in, so. Okay. Uh, So while, while I'm taking care of that and adding that to the soundboard, Hey, Adam, let's talk about wrestling from the last seven days. I'm going to ask you to start. Oh, okay. Just this once, I'll start. Uh, This feels like ancient history, just the way that the... Make some more noise, Joe. Come on now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Listen, every podcast has like bings and boops and them fielding Facebook Messenger. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Um, All right. So anyways, it feels like this is ancient history because it happened on Rampage last week. But uh, I think we're going to have to overlap on this. And that is the match between Moxley and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, This was an absolute bloodbath. 
This was what we were hoping for with the storyline of Wheeler Yuta slowly earning the respect of Moxley and Regal and Danielson. Um, Yuta's basically bootlegging all Danielson's offense with the stomps. Uh, Yuta's kicking out of Moxley's finishers, the paradigm shift and the death rider. Uh, And then obviously he still loses the match after just being bloodied like crazy. But at the end of the match, I have not cared this much about a potential handshake since RVD and Sabu 25 years ago. Oh Uh, my goodness. (laughs) This was like an awesome match. It was just like uncomfortable to watch at times. Like I'm sure you saw the still photo of Yuta where he was just gushing. He looked like he had antennae coming out of his head. Uh, And officially Wheeler Yuta is forgiven for his involvement in the IWTV 100 Ironman match fiasco. Uh, We are good. Uh, You know, the other guy, not so much Garcia. Maybe he has to do something to earn earn his spot back, but uh, sick match. I like the fact that now, you know, you have Yuta on TV as the ring of honor. uh, What's it? The pure champion. And, you know, like, I don't want to disparage the best friends, but like, him being in this group is definitely a, a better spot for him. You know, he's going to be taken more seriously as opposed to being like fourth fiddle in that group or fifth, if you count uh, Danhausen now. Uh, so, I mean, just an awesome segment. I'm looking forward to their trios match uh, tomorrow as we're recording this. And it was just good stuff. Right. Uh, I'm with you. That's on my list of stuff. You know, we saw a bunch of, uh, the people who go to AEW uh, when they do the taped stuff, especially for Rampage, do a very good job of like not blabbing everything out so that at least what you see on Rampage ends up being a bit of a surprise. And, you know, we got to saw like the bloodied up Wheeler Yuta. We got to see this. We got to see that. We got to see them all stand in the ring together. But we didn't get to see the match. And you're like, how good could this match have been? And it was goddamn good, man. I'll tell you, for a taped thing of tv with arguably one of your top three guys in moxley and letting wheeler like kick out of a bunch of his shit i don't think that hurt moxley at all and it helped make wheeler yeah. uh you mentioned about the blood with the two antenna uh i don't want to name names but definitely someone who runs an internet wrestling emporium <laughs> sent me that picture and said this is my new phone lock screen <laughs> uh-huh. um and we were talking about uh the precious one and uh, how he and I, our ships passed in the night twice uh, where he, I think I've mentioned on the show here before he started with Chikara regularly, right after I was done regularly. Uh-huh. And when I stopped doing AIW on the regular, uh, he ended up becoming the new, like I, I essentially was the wheel man for the West, for the East coast guys, like driving uh, Nick Gage, Tim Donst, uh, hot sauce, Tracy Williams and like whomever else. And like, I was the one who was, you know, a reliable driver. When I stopped going, they needed to find a new reliable driver. And that new reliable driver was Wheeler Yuta. Um, (laughs) and they start using him on some of the AIW shows. And then he started kind of popping off a little bit bigger in some other places. Um, and he stopped going out there or like whatever, like the rest of that car just stopped going out there. I think hot sauce with the ring of honor commitments and everything else like that. But uh, he's 25. Uh, he's a made man. He's fantastic. He's super smooth in the ring. Uh, he was on the AEW podcast, uh, this week as well. Um, definitely check him out on there. He comes off as a very, uh, nice and fun and personable sort of guy. 
And uh, yeah, it was an awesome match, awesome segment, awesome way to get things and people and stuff over. Yeah. All right, so we cross over there, but you got something else? Uh, yeah, so I guess I got something else. Um, you know, I think like WWE kind of gets a little bit of the short shrift on uh, our shows uh, this week. And I really hate to say that they're kind of squandering uh, what they did with uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn coming out of WrestleMania. I think Kevin Owens is in like some sort of thing where he's trying to prove that Elias isn't Elias or something. It's not Elias. It's Ezekiel. It's his uh-huh. little brother. Yeah, right. <laughs> And then Sami Zayn is, like, back to just being, like, the coward who runs away from things. Um, But I think these are two guys that are going to make stuff work. You know, like, their position may not be the best. Um, You know, Raw may be back to, like, the the high high of WrestleMania is over, right? Yeah. We're back to, like, all of our rematches going into Backlash. Everybody kind of, like, into aimless, meandering programs. And things aren't going to get exciting again until, like, the summer. So I'm glad it's freeing up a lot of my time to watch the 19 hours of AEW TV that there is this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this wasn't one of my talking points, but I did write it down just in case it came up. Like, I had buried Raw last week. You know, we were coming out of Mania, and I, I said, hey, you had all this goodwill from the from the pay-per-view and then the raw after mania was just dog shit. And as a follow-up to that, I wrote down the SmackDown after mania and my big notes from that were the fact that we had the debut of uh, a women's superstar that we've never seen before in Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, So I'm interested to see what this up and comer has. And also Gunter debuted with uh, a a new guy named Ludwig Kaiser. So, uh, uh, it looks very familiar. Uh, it looks a lot like the Imperium with hair guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, just more, just an example, as you said, that the, the, the rose has wilted from WrestleMania, uh, and it's just back to just being unwatchable garbage for the most part, in my opinion, you know, I, mean, I don't want to sound too much like a anti WWE guy. Cause you know, that's not me, but, uh, yeah, it's not good. I tried giving both shows a chance. You know, why not fast forwarding through everything? And I regretted most of it. And I will say I did watch, uh, you know, I, I, I'm back to watching Raw and SmackDown through whatever they put up on YouTube. Yeah. And I watch all the Cody stuff. Uh, Cody in WWE just right now is just such a fascinating character because he's still got like a little bit of that AEW stank on him, but they can't say AEW. And then he's interacting with stuff like with The Miz. And it's funny to see Broski's two best friends doing like segments on Raw. Um, and then <laughs> they're just going to Seth and Cody again. Um, you know, they keep pushing that Cody's going to be wrestling for the title. You know, we'll see. I don't know. Um, it The Cody stuff in WWE right now is just fascinating. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it's fascinating to watch. Yeah. And just uh, as a real quick peek into NXT, if you want to see some of the greatest acting that has ever been portrayed on all of sports entertainment, uh, check out Cora Jade trying to portray to a live crowd that like Natty Neidhart is one of her idols. It it was just some great acting, (laughs) like her just being starstruck and the crowd at Full Sail or wherever they're at now just going nuts when Natty's music hit like it was The Rock showing up. It was just so convincing. (laughs) 
I saw I saw the gif of Wendy Chu squirting uh, toxic attraction with super soakers. That 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 was the top of the top marks for that segment. I, and, I won't uh, get that job. <laughs> and I, again, I forget. And again, what's her? Uh, I, I it's not Priscilla Kelly anymore. What's her WWE name now? Oh, the, 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 oh, the people are gonna be mad at me about this. I I forget. I, you stumped me now. But no, Priscilla so. Kelly running around selling the water in like the most ridiculous, like that's not how humans move sort of way. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. She has a name now, but it's Priscilla G- Kelly. Gigi Dolan. Gigi Dolan. That's <laughs> <laughs> a stupid name. <laughs> I and just had old. I had to open up my web search history and it came uh-huh. right at the top. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Uh, and did they change Raul Mendoza's name now too? Uh, yeah, if they did, I didn't hear it because I I just fast forward for for certain people through NXT. Yeah. <laughs> He's literally been on and in NXT for the past four years, and now just all of a sudden he's the same exact guy in the same exact stable. He just has a different name with no explanation. I don't know, man. Like they're trying something. Good luck. Uh, you know, I'm just we happy. All, like, okay. Yeah, I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say we all outgrow these uh, aspects of our life. You know. Yeah, I, I'm just happy that when there's people like from the old NXT that I liked, what whether it be like Raul Ma- or uh, what am I thinking? The the guy who leads uh, the Legato. I, I'm drawing a blank now. As I just said, I like him. <laughs> Raul Mendoza's boss. <laughs> not Raul uh, Mendoza. Not Joaquin Wild. Man, we're terrible with names today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, Raul's boss and Walter. Like, I'm glad I got their figs before they changed their names. Because I would yeah. never buy. I would never buy a Gunther figure, but I'll <laughs> buy like that that like Walter figure. Santos Escobar. God damn it! What's wrong with us? <laughs> there you go. Our minds are fried. That's what it is. Yeah, that's clearly. Okay. What else you got, Joe? All right. A controversial take. Okay. Uh-oh. Yep. This is something that dawned on me at like 1.30 in the morning today when I couldn't sleep. And I saw that AEW had put up um, – I saw like people putting like their cell phone footage up of it after Dynamite last night. That there was a bit in the ring where it looked like, at least in the clip that I saw, uh, that like uh, the Regal's crew was out. The Blackpool Combat Club, right? Okay. Uh, but AEW put the full segment up on their YouTube channel, okay? Um, go out of your way to watch it. You know, it's like one of those like post, uh, post-show post things. It's kind of out of continuity. Um, so Regal and Yuta and Moxley and Danielson all come out. And their whole thing is that they're going to bring out Ricky Starks, right? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to bring out Ricky Starks and Danhausen comes out. They're trying to bring out Ricky Starks and... Hook comes out. They're trying to bring out Ricky Starks and the acclaimed come out, right? And then Ricky okay. Stark finally, right? It's it's a fun bit, uh, like and even there's like a little bit of fun interplay with like Moxley and Yuta, where I forget what Yuta does, but they like Moxley's like, all right, for your punishment, do ten push-ups right now, and Yuta gets down, he does the nine push-ups, and then the last one, like he like really works it that he's trying, trying, trying to get the crowd into it, and like. Here's this like this post show sequence. The crowd's been burned out with like three plus hours of wrestling, and these guys are out here fumble fucking around, and everyone loves it because it was great, right? Yeah, sounds like it. So, uh, 
Danhausen comes out, okay? Danhausen's one of the guys that comes out when they're trying to bring Ricky Starks out. And Danhausen does his whole shtick where uh he comes out and he sa- and he tells Regal to give him his suit, and then Regal won't give him his suit. So then Danhausen curses him and Regal sells Danhausen cursing him <laughs> like he's been like murdered. <laughs> and then like the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club make Danhausen uncurse him. And it dawned on me. It finally dawned on me. And listen, I'm not a Danhausen guy, but I'm not a Danhausen hater, okay? Mm-hmm. Danhausen has a place in wrestling just like anyone else has a place in wrestling, uh, unless you're like untalented or unsafe uh, or a piece of shit person. And sometimes all three of those things is one person. Um, but Danhausen is gobbledygooker if it worked. What okay. Vince's idea for the gobbledygooker to be this mascot that comes out and is like something for the kids, let's say, in this instance, that interacts with all the other WWE superstars of the time. And it's just something light and fun in the middle of the show. It doesn't add anything, but it doesn't take anything away from it. All the other characters interact with this turkey man as though he's really a turkey and really a man. That's what Danhausen is. Danhausen is the gobbledygooker, but it worked. Yeah, like uh, the way you say that, it does make sense. Like technically, Danhausen never has to wrestle. Never. You know, like you can just have him cursing people and popping up from underneath the ring and stuff like that. It's. I don't want to use this example because obviously Danhausen's a million times better than this guy, but it's kind of like Santino Morella in WWE. You know, like for the longest time he was just a backstage guy you know, that would interact with people. So I can kind of see that, but yeah, that makes sense. I, I like that idea. And I do want to check out that segment. I have to look that up and go out of your way to check it out. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so listen, if, and, and I, I, you know, when Dan Housen got signed and he made his debut during the orange Cassidy, Adam Cole, like whatever it was like lights out match. And the internet was split in half. Like all these people were loving it and all these people hating it. And I'm like, I don't know, man, like having that much hate in your heart for like wrestling, uh, you know, man, like it's time to get a new hobby. It's time to get a new thing to be interested in. If any aspect of it is giving you this much grief and this much pain in your life, there's a lot of other wrestling out there that's not AEW and not WWE. And even if you don't like any of the other current wrestling, I guarantee you there's wrestling that happened. Five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago that you've probably never seen and is very, very easily accessible. You could watch the entire run of Bill Watts's Mid-South UWF from 1982 to 1986 in its entirety on YouTube. And if I do my gazintas, uh, 52 episodes a year, uh, that's five years at 44 minutes a clip. That'll take up a good chunk of your life. Yeah, well, you're spoiling my homework assignment. Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, there was a thought uh, that was rattling around in my head that if I could get a uh, cohesive enough of a run of that stuff that it was going to replace the Chikara stuff. But uh, it would just be be for me because I really want to watch that stuff again. (laughs) Plus, it would violate the the rules of nothing pre-1990. All right. You start recommending that for homework or or assigning that for homework. I'm going to start assigning the Cody Rhodes show and then homework. Will oh, be that, the Rhodes <laughs> of the top thing. Yeah. The, yeah. the fucking. 
And somebody DM'd me today, and I don't want to say who. I, I'm going to protect DJ. their anonymity. Wasn't No, it wasn't him. Um, Ed. It wasn't him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they asked if Roads to the Top was allowed now because Cody's in the WWE. So I said, I don't no! know. <laughs> I don't want to watch it either, so it's okay. Right. So right. anything else from this past week that you'd like to discuss? Yeah, yeah. One real quick thing. I just want to kind of... Uh, at the risk of giving too many flowers to AEW, I will say Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki. Um, you know, obviously, Joe, years and years ago when I was going to Ring of Honor shows, you know, every year, you know, every every time Ring of Honor would have a show, I'd be, you know, in the front row. The front I can't even say it straight with, you know, and I was saying to myself, man, I wish... Minoru Suzuki was here to wrestle Samoa Joe because me being a huge Japanese wrestling fan, I was like, these are two of my worlds colliding. Uh, so it was just cool to see a chop fest of uh, of a match. But I do want to say the post-match stuff, I hated. I hated the lights going out, the lights going out, the lights going out, and Eligante showing up and like beating up Samoa Joe. I thought that that was like a very sports entertainment-y way to finish uh, that episode, which kind of ruined, for me, Joe winning the Ring of Honor TV title. So I really liked the match. I liked the simplicity of it, that it was just a chop fest and that Samoa Joe looked like the Kool-Aid man afterwards. Uh, But uh, the ending of how they chose to go off the air uh, fell flat for me. Yeah, so uh, after, like, there was talk that there was going to be an overrun yeah, uh, that they needed some additional time, and obviously the overrun ended up being like two or three minutes. If I can go back and get those two or three minutes back, I would. Um, the gentleman's name is uh, Satnam Singh. Uh, he's apparently like uh, an Indian guy that got drafted to the NBA, but he's been like in wrestling school for the last year. Um, he didn't look great, and I will say this. There was probably at least at the top of my head five different ways that you could have debuted this guy, but doing the lights go out, the lights go out was not the way. Over the last 25 years, uh, you, wrestling, have conditioned wrestling fans that when the lights go out, it's going to be a, a huge debut or a huge return or somebody that we know that we had to sneak into the ring this way. This was not that. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody, you know, joke online and again, joke, right? Um, they do the gimmick where before he comes out, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt have like the middle finger in the box, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what if Jay Lethal and uh, uh, Sanjay Dutt wheeled out a giant box, <laughs> okay, and yeah. put it on the ramp or brought it down to the ringside or whatever it was? And they're just like, we have this gift for Samoan Joe, right? And then the the giant comes out of the box. Because as we've learned, anyone who comes out of the box is instantly over. Yep. Um, you know, you could have done like when uh, Paul White, the big show, debuted in WWE. And he like ripped up the ring and came up through the ring. I think that would have worked better. I think if you just had Samoa Joe after that hard, hard-fought match... Um, you have Samoa Joe go out to, you know, confront Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. And then all of a sudden, like, this guy comes up from behind Joe just from behind the ramp. Or he just comes out, like, on the other side or whatever it is. Like, I don't know how the hell you hide a seven foot four fucking guy. But 
I'm not an AEW homer. I'm not an AEW stan. I do feel as the, if, and that's the other thing. If the show itself wasn't so goddamn good up until that point, I don't yep. think everyone would be focusing on it as much as they are. Yeah, it just took the wind out of the sails of that ending, of that match, that main event, that show. And we and we talked before, you know, saying that Danhausen never has to wrestle a match in AEW. This guy never has to wrestle a match in AEW. He could just be Jay Lethal's heater, the guy that stands at ringside with him and interferes in his matches. You know? Yeah. Jay Lethal throws a guy to the outside, draws the referee, and then this guy gives him like a big chop or something, right? Yeah. There's a million different ways they could have done it, you know? Like, even like it's doing the corny thing, it's like, oh, Samoan Joe, we got a big surprise for you tonight, right? No one would have guessed it would have been this guy. And this guy comes out, and it's not like you ruined some surprise. It was the lights going out, lights going out that ruined this guy's debut. And, uh... I, they did this guy no services. This guy might be the best wrestler in the world. And the way they set him up, uh, he's doomed to failure, unfortunately. And, you know, maybe they can uh, course correct. Maybe they can't. Who knows? And obviously, I'm not on Twitter. I don't have my uh, my finger on the pulse of what's going on in wrestling, despite being on a wrestling podcast. But is all this Ring of Honor stuff going to be, at least from what you're seeing, like permanent or is this just to kind of relaunch the new ring of honor and then everybody's going to go their separate ways that I don't know for sure yet. Um, ring of honor stuff is still airing on Sinclair, but it's not any of this new stuff. It's still them going back and showing like historic title matches from the past. Yeah. Um, they have released out some imagery they have set up the match with uh, Deanna Perrazzo, a.k.a. Ponderosa, <laughs> and Mercedes Martinez for the women's title. Uh, I think they've retconned out the um, the six-man titles. Uh, I'm sure there's a plan, but they haven't told us what the plan is yet. I would assume eventually they are going to be two separate entities. But for the time being... We can't have them be a separate entity yet and not have them have a presence because then you'll forget about them. Yeah, they can always bring the uh, bring the Ring of Honor six man titles in and rechristen them the AEW trios titles, you know, use that legacy. I'm and there's a, there's a chance that they could. But when they did this whole presentation and they're like, here's all of our champions, those titles were missing. Gotcha. OK, I just didn't know if it was like, hey, this is going to be the new normal where we're always going to have. You know, the Ring of Honor presence showing up there, but all right, something to follow. Yeah. Anything else from last week? That's all I got. All right, well, let's go into some history here and talk about my homework. <laughs> obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework, it's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. So the uh, homework that I had signed, it was the February 9th, 2013 Chikara event kicking off season 12. 
uh, all agents and superhero crew. I was never good at the names of those Jakar shows. Uh, so it is what it is. If you did not get a chance to watch the show and you would like a little bit more information on it, you could certainly go over to our friend Kevin's website, MassLibrary.com. He does a full write-up of everything. I did not ins- assign the entire show. And thank you to our other friend, Kevin Ford, who reminded me that there was one more thing that we needed to watch outside of those two event centers. Uh, so that was the season 11 prologue. And from there, I'll turn things over to you, Adam. Yeah, all right. So uh, as you said, there was three bits of YouTube content, and I didn't know that you didn't assign one of them. I was just going based on the uh, the show post. You know, that's where I usually go. I don't pay attention well, when you assign the stuff. So, so I just okay. <laughs> so I forgot it when I talked about it on the show last week, right? Yeah. And then early Friday morning, uh, Kevin Ford was like, "Hey, dummy, you missed this one." So real quick, uh, under the under the uh, secret of night, I went and amended the show post to add the third thing in there. It works out well for you that I don't do my homework until like the day before the show. Exactly. <laughs> and also the Chikara special on Twitter also made sure to point that out to us as well, just in case you didn't. Uh, right. Whoever, whoever that is. Yes. Mysterious person that that might be. Um, so anyways, there was three event centers. Uh, I'm going to actually come back to the first one in a second. I want to just okay. do the other two. Um, the ones that you did assign on the podcast last week. So uh, for the set, sake of this, I'm just going to say event center number two uh, just had some promos, one from Mr. Touchdown and one from Marchie Archie. I don't like that new moniker that uh, okay. he was referring to himself by and like it was used on commentary a couple times, uh, but basically kind of pumping up their no disqualification match on the show that we're going to watch. Yep. And the other event center had a colony promo. And again, this is the Wink Vavasaur colony, uh, you know, so it's not the traditional one. And then we had a 3.0 promo where they brought in Rick the Model Martell in a very coherent promo where basically Rick Martell uh, teaches them how to do the Boston Crab. Uh, So Rick Martell, of course, has a very thick French-Canadian accent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the best part was them, uh, or uh, Jagged, again, let's say, uh, cool hand and whatever the fuck his <laughs> name on TV now is uh, attempting to get Rick Martell to say booyah and uh, daddy magic corpsing when he fucked it up. <laughs> so yeah, it was a fun little bit. A uh, little upset that there wasn't some Rick Martell on the, on the show proper though, but you know, it is what it is. So anyways, the event center, number one, the one that you almost missed. And I, God's honest truth, Joe, if somehow this thing didn't enter my life, I would have never forgiven you. Uh, I tweeted out that this is the moment that wrestling peaked. They should have shuddered it all after this because this, other than the sky blue match from last week's uh, Dynamite, uh, this might be my favorite thing of wrestling I've seen all year. And that is uh, basically Wink Vavasaur uh, being in his office when there's a knock on the door and we have, uh, in my eyes, the debut, and you'll have to correct me, but for for the sake of the Chikara homework, the debut of Barrister R.D. Evans, a man that I have not seen outside of Impact, because I, obviously I saw him pop up every once in a while on Impact over this past year. But Barrister R.D. Evans, uh, an expert on time travel and a fan of Miss Hancock. So uh, a lot of good things about this guy. <laughs> And he was there to basically explain to Wink why Archibald Peck 
is eligible to compete on this Chikara event, despite the fact that he lost a loser leaves Chikara match. And I cannot do this justice. Uh, Basically, he talks about how Archibald Peck was the recipient of Eddie Kingston's back fist to the future, which sent Archibald Peck back to 1885, where he inherited the role of the mysterious and handsome stranger, but then worked his way into the future and received another back fist to the future, which sent him to the future. And like technically the Archibald Peck that's going to be wrestling on this show hasn't not yet lost the loser leaves Chikara match. Right. But somehow there's now a paradox. So there's like the Archibald Peck that we are going to watch wrestle tonight, as well as the where in the world is Archibald Peck, who's still wandering around sad. Uh, And and like, this is very wibbly wobbly timey wimey and it's awesome. And I loved every second of it. There was one previous instance, maybe about, um, it was uh, the 2011 stuff where Barrister R.D. Evans came into lobby due to these same time travel instances of how Archibald Peck was able to compete in the Young Lions Cup, which is allegedly for competitors under the age of 25. Oh, all right. I need to see that, like, not right this second, but the second we get off the air, I need that. So For sure. Uh, get me that. So anyways, on to the show proper. Uh, as you mentioned, this is the season 12 premiere. Um, I wasn't quite sure where you said to start, so I erred on the side of watching less wrestling. Uh, right. And after reading the Mass Library review, I realized I did miss a match. So I started on the Eddie Kingston versus Green Ant match. So I, I did miss the previous match. So if you want to cover anything from uh, the Fist I believe Fist versus, I apologize, I don't remember who they fought, but... Yeah, it was uh, Icarus and Sugar Dunkerton of Fist taking on the freshly heel-turned Jigsaw and the Shard. Uh, Icarus has a promo beforehand where he had gone to a seminar with Marty Jannetty, and he talks about how he's going to do teamwork, and he's going to work together with Sugar, and then in the middle of the match, he just decides to be like, fuck it, and like walk out on Sugar for no real reason. Like, there was no inciting incident that caused like i could see if there was like a miscommunication sugar accidentally bumped him or he accidentally bumped sugar or vice versa so you have a newly turned heel character in jigsaw a defined heel character in shard as a team taking on a defined babyface character and a heel character the whole thing just felt off the match itself was fine jigsaw and shard get the win on their road to Three points for contention for the Campion de Pereos, building more dissension between Sugar Dunkerton and Icarus, and also planting the seed uh, for Icarus's love and adoration of Marty Jannetty, which is a storyline point here. And also, this might be the debut of Icarus purposely dying and cutting his hair and mustache so he looks like Sinestro. <laughs> but we'll probably see more of that as events come on. Okay. All right. So as I said, the first match that I watched was Green Ant versus Eddie Kingston, a non-title match. Uh, Leonard F. Chikarson and the great and devious Ultramandus Black on commentary. Uh, shout out and kudos to uh, Mantis for the Del Boca Vista Phase 2 reference. It is good to see that he watches shows other than MASH. So I like that. Um, basically, this match was all about 
like Green Ant stands no chance against Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston is going to murder Green Ant. And it's almost like at times Eddie Kingston is playing with his food, but Eddie Kingston, but I'm sorry, Green Ant is like surprising Eddie and the crowd in like how well he's doing and how he's able to compete with King- with Kingston. Uh, so, you know, Green Ant's overcoming the odds, not getting killed. I didn't love the match, you know, like as far as I get what the storyline was. Um, the match itself was kind of meh for me. Uh, at one point towards the end, Eddie, uh, Jesus, Kevin Steen comes out, uh, you know, just kind of getting, you know, in Kingston's face, you know, yelling at him because they have a match the next night, which was supposed to be a non-title match. Wink comes out, holds back Steen, you know, gets in between them. Uh, Eddie Kingston goes to like swing at Steen and, you know, hits, I use with air quotes, Wink, and Wink takes the worst flop ever. Uh, Basically gets back into the ring. Eddie Kingston, who I apologize, he was like working uh, bah, 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 bah. Sorry, my notes are messed up here. Eddie Kingston obviously has a bum knee. He's been selling that for a while. That knee has been acting up during this match. Uh, when Kingston gets back in the ring, Green Ant goes after that knee again, very quickly gets him in a Texas Cloverleaf, and Kingston like immediately taps out. So very shocked by the finish. Uh, Wink finally gets in the ring and announces that because Eddie Kingston hit him, uh, their match, the Steen-Kingston match the next night, will be uh, for the Grand Championship. Uh, Yeah, so I actually liked this match. Um, I I really thought it was maybe a singles match coming out party for Green Ant. Um, I I thought I sucked shit on commentary, though. I thought I was really bad and distracting. Um, I know you mentioned Mantis with the, uh, the Del Boca Vista reference. If I haven't told the story here on the show, I'll tell it again. There was one of the times where he and I were part of the caravan of people that went out for AIW for a two-day weekend for, like, J-Lit or whatever it was. Well, everyone else went out to the bar for the after party. Mantis and I went back to the hotel room to watch Seinfeld together. (laughs) (laughs) Like an old married couple. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, it was a perfectly fine match. I don't know. Like, I... Just maybe the the fuckery at the end ruined it for me. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. I get you. I get you. All right. So next up, we have the Young Bucks and Kevin Steen versus 3.0 and Gran Akuma. This is a lot of the Ring of Honor guys, the Bucks and Steen, you know, doing the heel stuff, isolating, you know, Akuma, isolating the baby faces. I like the fact that they they kind of painted, uh, and by they I mean you and Ultramantis, uh, painted Big Magic, uh, Shane Matthews, as like the heavy for his right. team, like even though he- He's like slightly bigger than the other guys, but you know, you would have him and Steen in the ring and it was like, Oh shit. It's a Haas fight. You know, <laughs> like these two giants are going at it. Uh, it was a fun match. Like I, I as uh, Kevin Hellion said in his write up, it had funny stuff in it, but it wasn't a comedy match. Uh, the bucks end up hitting more bang for your buck for the win. It was a, it was a fine match. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I, I really liked the match. Uh, I thought it was good. All the characters, did exactly what they were supposed to do. I don't recall why I remembered initially when I was assigning it that it was going to be uh, 2.0 and Generico as the team. Uh, but, I, you know, it worked just fine with Akuma in there. No big whoop. And, uh, you know, the heels get the win going into the next day where the titles are all on the, all, all on the line, you know? Yep. 
All right, so next up we have Chuck Taylor versus Hollow Wicked. Uh, Hollow Wicked, uh, still I wonder if he thinks I'm a lower than dirt trash person because I'm pretty sure my soul is still damned. I'd like an update on that. Uh, but this is a really good match. I didn't really have any notes for it, just the fact that I kind of sat back and enjoyed it. Um, there was an awful waffle of Chuck Taylor that was countered. Uh, with a go to Sleepy Hollow, followed by a Yakuza kick, and Hollow Wicked got the win. Like I said, I enjoyed this match. I just kind of was just sitting back and watching it. So probably my the best match of the very few matches that I watched for this card. But uh, yeah, good times. Uh, for sure. Um, this was, as you mentioned, probably the best, best match match. Uh, mm. This is just a match happened on the show with these two guys. Um, here, I feel as though if I remember my Gazintas correctly, um, that these two guys, Hollow Wicked for sure, Chuck maybe, were trainers at the Wrestle Factory. So this was just kind of like, hey, the two guys that are trainers, officially, unofficially, uh, are going to mix it up just so you can kind of see. It's like, hey, you want to get trained by these two guys? They're pretty good, huh? Yeah, like a showcase, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it was just like, here it is, like, you know, second from the top on, like, the season opener at the Reading Fire Hall. These two decide to have, like, a, a, a near four-star match just because, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, next up, we have Tim Donce coming out. Uh, it says, Tim Donce speaks in the, the notes for IWTV. This is, I want to say, like, a promo segment in two parts. And what I mean by that is it started off being really, really bad, in my opinion. Uh, we have Tim Donce and Jakob Herrmeyer coming out. Uh, Donce grabs the mic. He's talking about how wrestling is pain, wrestling is disappointments. The crowd and myself don't really give a shit. Uh, there's a lot of crowd comedians during this. Uh, they all suck. But uh, like I said, I think the segment was kind of falling flat until Jakob got involved. And Jakob, who's wearing a Donce shirt... He's basically, you know, trying to be cheery, trying to get, you know, cheer up Donce and saying, hey, I just want to be just like you. And Donce goes and cuts off the shirt that Jakob is wearing, which, you know, gets some heel heat, whatever. It's all right. It's whatever it is. And then Donce goes and starts cutting off Jakob's hair and Jakob's screaming and the crowd is like visibly aghast to this. Like this is an actual like dastardly dastardly heel thing and i think it turned that segment around because it's like as much as the crowd was kind of like eh about Donce in this they all love Jakob, myself included and when they cut off when Donce cut off Jakob's hair it was like holy shit that's fucking dirty shit uh so that saved the segment for me and uh, i'm interested to see where this goes from there uh yeah so as uh Donce is getting to the ring um uh, Gavin Loudspeaker makes some sort of remark to Donst about him being a loser. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to pay off uh, a couple months from now as well. Um, obviously, this is part of the storyline. And I didn't think this promo was as bad as you may think. Um, I was just but... kind of bored by it. Like, I don't know. Okay, I get you. You're going to see over the next couple sets of shows that, you know, I may have mentioned it, but Donst. Like, like as Donce is essentially Raven. Yeah. Jakob is uh, Stevie Richards. And over the next couple shows, uh, Donce starts to get, like, other members of what would be his flock. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So all that stuff was well and good. 
But, Joe, the reason why we're here, the reason why there's an ass every 12 inches in that <laughs> arena <laughs> is for the, the main events, no DQ, Archibald Peck versus Mr. Touchdown, Mark Angelicetti. Uh, I will say, first things first, you are on commentary once again for the main event, and Mantis is really missed as your co-commentator for this. Uh, but Hard agree. Yeah. <laughs> so... This match, you know, it is what it is at first. It's, you know, a lot of just hardcore fighting. Uh, mixed martial Archie makes a return. You know, we Archibald pulls out the gloves, you know, does some fighting with that. Mr. Touchdown grabs the shoulder pads uh, and the helmet. Mysterious and Handsome Stranger Mask makes a return. At one point, though, where things really pick up, Mr. Touchdown grabs a bag. And this is the bag that uh, Sapphire was always carried around in by uh, the Stranger. So what's in the bag? It's not Sapphire, but it's like a, a statue of Sapphire. And yes. this statue is going to be used to mock and abuse Mixed Martial Archie. And, uh, you know, he goes to use it as a weapon, but uh, there's some distraction from the, outside the ring. And Sapphire's alive, Joe. Sapphire is alive with a blankie like, on a wheelchair being pushed out by an orderly in a neck brace. Right. Uh, Right there, that 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 paid the feud off. Like I, I could die happy. That was the best. Uh, so with that distraction, Archie basically uh, takes the statue of Sapphire and low blow statue, low blow statue, low blows. <laughs> Mister Touchdown uh, goes and gets Sapphire and like I I, I kind of miss this. I don't know if he like taped Sapphire to his knee or something like that. I'll put him in his knee pad. Okay, put him in his knee pad, and there was a go to tweet uh, instead of a go to sleep, which was awesome. Um, so all of that was just fun stuff. I'm not doing it justice, but I was just I was popping for all of it. Uh, Veronica gets involved. You know, she throws the baton into the ring. There was the tug of war over that. She gets into the ring. Angela Setti inadvertently spears her. Um, there's a one of the drums, like the big drums that like a, a big bass drum sure big bass drum guys would use uh that gets hit over touchdown's head there was a flying headbutt with uh <laughs> archibald peck's like furry hat thingy and uh you know basically archibald peck gets the win and i don't know where this is gonna go with the feud but like we had the return of sapphire sapphire's alive i'm very pumped for that and veronica Ticklefeather dumps mr touchdown at the very end so like right before we went off the air but uh like just a, a clusterfuck of a match by chikar standards like what i mean by that is like as far as hardcore matches go this is like what you would expect from chikara and i mean that in a good way for and sure. the fact that we had sapphire being rolled out with like the blanket over his lap uh and the neck brace like just such an absurd visual <laughs> that like only makes sense if you've been following this but like again mass libraries write up says like this would not make any sense to anybody if you showed it to them out of context but if you've right. been following this story it makes perfect sense and it's the only thing that that should have happened and uh ten and a half stars so i'll say that's very that was a very handsome orderly uh that wheeled out uh uh male nurse actually thank you uh <laughs> that wheeled out sapphire i thought this match was a fun brawl i loved all the callbacks to all of Archie's previous gimmicks. 
Um, I liked Veronica get, getting bumped. I think this like the only time that she's ever really been bumped has been in this building. I don't think we watched it, but there was a match where it was Sarah Del Rey versus Mr. Versus Archie. It was when Veronica was still with Archie and Sarah Del Rey bumps Veronica and like fucking drills her. It was crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is the blow off to the feud. It's over. Archie wins. Okay. Uh, See, I wasn't sure like if there was another chapter, but it, as a blow off goes, I mean, I'm I'm satisfied with it. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, Touchdown goes off and does his thing where he just has matches and stuff as he's trying to you know defend the Young Lions Cup or whatever it is, and you know uh, Archie won the feud, and one can only imagine he's got his eyes on something else. Ooh. All right. I, I'm like I said, I am happy with the resolution to the feud, and uh, like I said, I would. I would have been happy with more of it, you know, if they wanted to continue it. But the fact that you're saying that there's no more, I'm not left wanting, you know? Right. But not to say that we're not done with Archibald Peck shenanigans. So. Sure. But yeah, just this storyline, though, it's good. And uh, are we going to have more Sapphire or is, is she not? No, this was like Sapphire's literal swan song, or pink <laughs> song, if you will. Is she in a farm upstate now? Re- you know, like she fully recovered? Uh, I think there, uh, she's back home in Ottawa or wherever, uh, barrister R.D. Evans lives, <laughs> you know, yeah, living a good life, living a good life is all I'll say. Hmm. I wonder what the going rates of, let's say, I, obviously you can't own Sapphire because it's a sentient being, but like, let's say if there was like a, like a physical representation of Sapphire, like sitting in somebody's trophy room, I wonder what the going rate of that would be these days, like on the open yeah. market. <laughs> I'm surprised. I, again, if it was in that person's trophy room, it would have been sold on eBay months ago. <laughs> All right. A little late on that then. All right, Joe. Well, it's my turn to assign homework. Yes. And I'm going to present this to you in a unique way. And I think I've done this before, but I'm going to give you a, a door number one and a door number two scenario. So on my screen, and you can't see it, but I have it separated for me. On the left is one assignment, and on the right is another assignment. So I just want to make sure that I have them equally split here so I don't. there's no shenanigans. And you can pick, do you want option number one on my left or option two on my right? So do I want the donkey or the box of nothing is what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, both of these are viable homework assignments, okay. and I am not going to tell you what the other one is, the one you did not pick, because I might just assign it next time. I'm just not I sure which one I wanted to do, so I'm just going to allow fate to decide. So we're going we're gonna to possibly watch them both anyway. This is true. Uh, is there a need that one needs to be seen before the other? Uh, no, no, I think uh, both of them are kind of evergreen. Okay, then let's go with the right choice. The the box on the right. The box on the right, Joe. All right. On the right, in preparation of the upcoming bash at the brewery Uh-oh. and and the LVAC's debut on Jerry's Oh, okay, go ahead. We are going to watch from the uh Phillipsburg Mall in New Jersey, LVAC Mall Madness. Hey, I know this show. Yep, I was there in person. One of my many favorite LVAC events, but this one, for whatever reason, maybe it's the atmosphere of being in a now completely condemned 
uh, but then abandoned mall uh, inside of a footlocker. Uh, this one just kind of stands out. And while I have seen the main event of this many times on YouTube, it was always like uh, just that match. So I've never seen the undercard since uh, the first time I saw it. You know, since I was there live, if that makes sense. Gotcha. And I think, you know, I think the other show would have been uh, before this, but I don't think, it, like, these matches are evergreen, as you mentioned. They kind of exist in their own thing, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, but it's a lot of interesting matches. We got Ashley Vox and uh, Boomer Hatfield, now Weber Hatfield, taking on Granikuma and Layla Hirsch. Uh, Billy Avery taking on Cal- Big Calix. Um, you got Dick Justice taking on Chris Worthless. Uh, you've got Dasher Hatfield, Missile Assault Man, and Tony Deppen taking on Mantis, Hollow Wicked, and Frightmare. And, uh, the main event of Orange Cassidy taking on Dan Champion. Yep. <laughs> and like I said, I, I feel like I've showed the Orange Cassidy versus Dan Champion match many times to people because that was one of them that the LVAC put up on YouTube. Um, you know, once once Orange Cassidy signed with AEW, you know, that match became very easy to find. So I've showed people that a bunch of times, but the rest of it I have not seen since August 17th, 2019. Yeah, so I'll say this, you know, um, over the weekend, quietly, well, not so quietly, uh, you know, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium put up these two events from LVAC. And I'll say, watch them, you know, these get watched. Maybe they'll put some more up. And I think this speaks of uh, volumes for possibly, uh, you know, the May 6th show from the Weyerbacher Brewery streaming. You know, I haven't yeah. gotten word from Jerry if they've gone and done the Internet test yet. I should ask him. Um, but, uh, yeah, this this bodes well that these shows are popping up here, you know. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully the, the delay for some of the other ones popping up is that they are re-recording some of the commentary. Uh, I think oh, that's, boy. That's, that might be necessary before some of them see the light of day, but. Uh... <laughs> well, maybe more on that later. <laughs> All right, Adam, are you ready for phone calls? Because we got a shit ton. All right, let's do it. All right. Hello, at odds with wrestling. Um, I am, of course, the real Marcus Buff Bagwell um, of at Marcus Buff Bagwell on Twitter. Same, of course. Uh, former WCW wrestler who uh part of the NWO. Um, I just wanted to thank you for all the support on my Twitter account where I tweet things every day. Um, and thank you for your support as I've become very woke. Um, I am very with it. I am very boosy. I love all of the people of the various colors and creeds and genders and Everything I've learned about, I wanted to say thank you so much to Joe Sposto and Adam Van. Um, as well, shout out to all the people in the At Odds with Wrestling universe for paying for this cameo. For me, the real Marcus Buff Bagwell of Marcus Buff Bagwell on Twitter fame. Again, I'm very real. I tweet all the time. I'm tweeting right now. In fact, I tweeted three times since this started. So just wanted to thank all my homies and um, that is about it. So I'm going to go back to being woke uh, and being for everyone. (laughs) Wow. What a, go ahead. I know a a coup, a coup, if you will. He called Uh, it uh, uh, pod Van Dam last week. I think he had a cold when he called in there. uh Uh-huh. 
Um, but this definitely was the real Buff Bagwell. Why wouldn't it be, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, again, I'm kind of starstruck. I, I don't usually get this way, but like that, I'm just so glad that he took the time out of his busy schedule of definitely tweeting to right uh, to reach out to us. That's that's pretty impressive. Thank you. Well, well, Adam, he calls back again. Oh. Hey, this is the real Marcus Buff Bagwell once again. Um, thanks to your wonderful, generous fans, uh, I am able to leave another audio cameo for you all at the At Odds with Wrestling podcast. Um, again, this is the very real Marcus Buff Bagwell. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus Buff Bagwell. I've tweeted six times since this call has begun. I wanted to remind you all once again, I'm still very woke. Um, I love the, the grapefruits and the plums and all of the other emojis. Um, I, I really, really love that GCW. It is just the best. Um, I am down with all the gay people of the world because I am Marcus Buff Bagwell and Buff is for everyone. Again, this is the very real, uh, one of a kind Marcus Buff Bagwell from WCW. Uh, calling to remind you all, yes, I am woke, and to thank all your wonderful fans for paying for another audio cameo from me, the real Marcus Buff Bagwell. So thank you to Joe Sposto and Adam Van for having this podcast. Thank you. This is Marcus Buff Bagwell. Bye-bye. Money well spent. Thank you for whoever it was that, like, teamed up and paid for these these cameos. Well, Adam, Buff called in a third time. Was <laughs> This is a buy two get one. Hey, free. this is Marcus Buff Bagwell again, uh, former WCW superstar. As I really sit here and tweet once again, I wanted to remind you all I am again a very real person, despite the accusations. My good friend Wednesday Dorado um, paid for this audio cameo to let you all know that he is a good woke boy, just like I am. <laughs> um, and he canceled his booking in Mexico against the pedophiles much like I would have since I am Marcus Buff Bagwell and Buff is for everybody. And again, I really am tweeting right now. I'm watching, uh, I'm watching the game changing wrestling show. I've sent seven tweets since this started. Um, and my friend Lince Dorado also wanted me to let you know, um, do not say the words chase and ranch shit. That's, I wasn't supposed to say that part out loud. Anyway, thank you so much. Again, Buff is for everybody. I really run at Marcus Buff Bagwell on Twitter. I am really Buff Bagwell, former WCW star. I love gay people. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing about that is that Buff is reiterating that he's woke and that he's a, for everybody. And, like, you don't repeat things unless you mean it. Like, that's, right. everybody knows that. Typically, you let your actions speak for themselves and the way that you treat other people and especially, like, you know, uh, downtrodden people or people that are of a marginalized class or so forth. But Buff is going the other direction. He's saying that he's woke. or uh, And again, I believe it's him. 100%. Uh, I mean, it sounds would, just like him. Right. A phone call or an audio cameo are legal binding contracts. That's how I remember him sounding when he was on TV. So, yeah. again, my, my mind is mush. But, again, it just could be whatever. Like um, I, I closed my eyes and I just pictured him with the big furry top hat and like yeah. the, bar, the rope tattoo around the arm. It was just like, like being there. Right. Um, but definitely real, definitely buff. 
Um, you know, I know he protests on Twitter and people accuse him of not being him. Um, I believe that Buff uh, knows the login and password to his Twitter account and actually has it on his phone and has a phone that actually can use Twitter. I believe all of these things. Yeah, I'm convinced. Yeah. So thank you for calling Buff, and thank you for all of our listeners that paid for those audio cameos to come in. Yeah, very kind of everybody. You know what? I, I, I would, for me, I don't want to speak for you, Joe, but I feel like that this is a safe forum for Buff to speak his mind, especially right. as woke as he is. So if, by all means, you know, if he wants to call back or if other people want to call, or I'm sorry, pay to have him call back, sure. I, I'm fine with it. You know, this is... There's a woke forum for Buff. Right. And to mention a fellow woke wrestler in Lindsay Dorado definitely doesn't and hasn't ripped off people for gear yep. and doesn't realize that tweets have date and timestamps on them. So when he says, no, I didn't work um, with uh, a convicted pedophile, uh, it's been seven years since I did. And people pull up tweets of him tweeting out, hanging out with him at his school in his wrestling dojo less than two years ago. Listen, two years, seven years, really, what's the difference, right? Yeah, it's it's hard to tell. It's right. okay if you're woke, though. Right, like the pandemic, the last two years of the pandemic has really done a time number on people, so I confuse my twos and sevens all the time. <laughs> uh, next call. Joe, Adam, Kevin, how's it going, guys? Um, so, yeah, uh, Nash Carter gets released. Um, from what everyone is saying, including people I trust a lot, it's for the picture and not for what his uh, partner accused him of, which is interesting. So WWE is only willing to do something with photo evidence. And uh, I remember JBL getting suspended for his goose-stepping in Germany, but not fired or anything. And there's certainly been many a problematic thing or statement or idea or, or whatever with WWE wrestlers. So it seems to be that you need a picture, but you need a picture of the person themselves, not just pictures of accusations or pictures of bruises or pictures of tests or anything. You need a picture that the person themselves actually took or that you catch themselves in the act, I, I, I guess. Boy, it's a shame that people who dealt with Velveteen Dream or Jerry Lawler, honestly, or all points in between just, didn't have a camera to record this person actually doing the things there. But I guess that's what happens when you have stockholders and you just got in trouble for changing Walter's name to Gunther and whatever that full name was, that that was a wonderful thing that they attempted. And then, of course, we have the hot takes here. And people decide, you know, hashtag a free Nash Carter or whatever heck it was, rehire, you know, something like that. You believe him, whatever. And, I don't know either person involved, of course not, and I'm not going to make any sort of controversial statement. All I'm going to say is, for the people going on the internet and saying, I'm on this person's side, I'm on that person's side, if you weren't involved at all or have no connection to them, you don't really have to say anything at all. But two, if someone says they were abused and you want to argue against it, and it turns out they were abused, you look like an asshole that maybe should have kept your mouth shut. So why not just not say anything at all in any situation like this that you are not involved in? 
because the chance of you looking like an asshole is pretty big here. But that's that's asking certain people on wrestling internet to make smart decisions and calls. But you know what? Real winner in this though apparently is uh, Izzy's dad. Got MFK out of there. So good job, Izzy's dad. I hope your daughter's safe from many other people in wrestling. All right, that's all for this week. See you later, guys. Uh, so, Kevin, there was an interesting topic. Are you aware of any of this stuff that he's talking about, Adam? Yeah, I, I saw the the picture of the MSK guy and his uh, his very interesting mustache, and then I, you know, I heard the Kimberly stuff. So, yeah, I'm aware of the situation. Right. So, I think the main part of this is is that um, Kevin is saying that if you don't have a horse in this race, it's best to keep out of it. But Twitter gives everyone um a voice and a presence on social media and i swear i've seen that nash carter picture of him with his mustache shaved and doing uh the zeke heil salute i swear i've seen that years ago and nothing happened with it uh but obviously today is a different time of those sort of things um I'm not going to comment on allegations of abuse only because in the bubble in which Kim was tweeting this stuff, on one hand, she was saying there was never physical abuse. Then she was saying everything was fine. Then she was saying she was lying about there being physical abuse and it was only mental abuse. So you have an unreliable narrator in regards to this. Um, And maybe, just maybe, sometimes both parties are bad. And if both parties are bad and you really have nothing to say about it, um, you don't need to publicly say anything at all. But Nash Carter has fans. Kimberly has fans. Everybody's going to chime in regardless. Everyone's still at home for the most part. Everyone needs to have an opinion on these sort of things. Um, I don't have an opinion. My opinion is it definitely seems like both of them seem to be going through a rough spot in their lives, both, you know, in their personal relationships and their mental health issues. Um, I think I forget what the hell Nash Carter's real name is, but he did what he could to not engage. Um, and I definitely think Kim needed to log off during a lot of that. And eventually she did. Um, but I just hope that job or no job that I hope both of them are like mentally and physically better right now. Yep. And that's, that's really all I can say. Yep. No, I agree. Okay, next call. Hey, this is Marcus Buff Bagwell again, uh, former WWE superstar. As I really sit here and tweet once again, I want to... Hang on. Let me play this call instead, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Because we did get another call, and I think I messed things up. Give me a moment. I'm not going to fix this in editing. (laughs) All right. You know, there are so many Buff calls that... They're just right. over. They're overflowing. Let's try this one. Hey Joe. Hey Adam. There you go. This is Marcus from Final Wrestling Place. Oh. This call is coming in right at the buzzer. Maybe I made it. Maybe I didn't. Guess we'll find out. But I wanted to call, talk to my buddy Adam, fellow New York Yankees fan. <laughs> just kind of process what's been going on this season. Uh, I guess these phone calls have like a two-minute time limit, but I don't know. I just going through many stages of, I don't know about grief, but it's close to it. Like, I know we're projected to win over 90 games, but it doesn't feel like it. We should win, like, 100 and 
80 games and there's only 162. <laughs> I don't even want to go up to New York to go catch a game because, like, it's not like they spend the ticket money or the concession money or any of the other money on players. It'd be one thing if, like, they signed Aaron Judge to an extension, you know, I could be like, all right, now I'll go up and go see Judge, but why? Go catch his last season? No thanks. I'll just drive down to Baltimore and go catch a game for $10. <sighs> I kind of sound like a AEW fan whenever somebody debuts who hasn't done 15 years on the indie team. <laughs> so I'll hang out before I get too much more bitter. Bye. Oh, thank you for I, saying what the, what I knew was in his heart. Like, I, I, as Final Wrestling Place returned from its hiatus, I was just counting down the moments until we, we heard from Marcus regarding the Yankees, and I'm glad that he chose to, to call in after a little bit of prodding and, and, and you know, <laughs> to get him to call a show. So I, I'm confused. Do, uh, like, the hot dog sales go to, like, buying new players on the team? Is that the way the, the financial system of the baseball teams work, specifically the Yankees? Well, all revenue goes to whatever you feel like. So, I mean, if you, the money from ticket sales, the money from merch sales, the money from, you know, vendors and restaurants and the stadium, and all of that lines the coffers of the Steinbrenners. And in theory, you would take that money and then go out and like acquire the best possible player so that you can field the best possible team. But the Yankees are just hoarders of wealth and they just take the money and they put it in the bank and they do not go and buy any of the players that uh, other teams do. So like for the longest time, the narrative, you know, for the last 40, 50 years, I don't know, since the 70s, the narrative has been, oh, the Yankees just go and buy all their World Series, when in fact they have like the sixth or seventh highest payroll in baseball, and they haven't signed an impactful free agent in in like since 2008 was the last time they went on a, a sizable spending spree. And somebody might say, oh, Garrett Cole was a huge free agent signing. And it would have been if it wasn't for the fact that Garrett Cole is like a filthy cheater. And once the rule came out that, I don't know, you're not allowed to cheat and he's not allowed to cheat anymore, he's terrible. So like, realistically, the Yankees haven't signed anybody in forever. Uh, and as Marcus said, they had the opportunity, oh, there's that word again, to go and sign Aaron Judge to a long-term deal and at least have the face of your franchise locked up. But they were penny-pinching, and they're like, I don't know, we'd rather spend that money on a middle reliever. And they're just a terrible, unwatchable team that, like, when you watch, if in the first inning of every single game – they're like down one or two runs. And, and as a Yankee fan, you're like, Oh, well game's over. That's an insurmountable lead. I might as well turn the channel. Cause there's no way they're, they're freaking gaining back or getting back those two runs. Uh, so yeah, it, it's just a terrible, terrible team, a, a terrible organization. They should just literally tear down the stadium and put parking in or low. Income oh my housing. goodness. Because the, it, if there's ever an argument that there's too many teams in baseball, just get rid of the Marlins and get rid of the Yankees and just make baseball better again. Like, so, so I'll say this, right? I have no horse in this race. When I cared about baseball or real sports, uh, the Yankees were my team. I'm very far removed from whatever the Yankees are now. Uh, Remember before when I said, if you're watching something and it causes you pain and grief, you should cut it out of your life. (laughs) <laughs> vaguely yeah okay um but 
Marcus himself said uh, that, you know, they're slated to win 90 games this year. That sounds like that might get them in the playoffs, right? That could get them in the playoffs. But then they get into the playoffs, and that, that's just more games for you to watch and be disappointed by, right? Yeah. So I assume that while you, the fan, care about them winning games, the people who run the team, and that's really any team, Yankees are the ones we're talking about, all they care about is making money. So if they're going to get a team together that wins 90-ish games, which puts them into playoff contention, and people are still coming to the games and paying that high-end ticket price, and I understand the Yankees have one of the higher-end ticket prices in all of the major leagues. Um, if that still happens, they're not going to spend money to bring people in to make the team better until people stop going to the games. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think that the argument that they're going to win 90 games, and I get it. We'll move on to wrestling and doll talk in a second here. But That's I just okay. have just this thought, is that they are – at best, the third best team in their division, and okay. more realistically, the fourth best team in their division. And 90 games is being very, very optimistic. Um, if they do make the playoffs, they will squeak in as a wild card, and then they will get booted in the first round. And if your business model is to make money, you make a lot more money being able to sell playoff tickets. And if you're losing in the wild card round, you're not selling playoff tickets. And this is an organization that for a century has held itself to a higher standard than the rest of baseball, that if you do not win a World Series, your season is a failure. And now they're they're running under the, the business model that it's like, eh, regular season's good enough. So uh, again, like, yes, if you're saying just make money, You'll make money going to the playoffs. You'll make money going into the championship round. You'll make even more money going to the World Series. There's a ton of money to be made in a deep playoff run. So if you're just trying to build money, uh, it would help to to field the best team. So you have to spend money to make money, and the Yankees aren't spending money. Um, so as Marcus said, uh, all of your hot dog money is going to go into uh, nice billboards outside the stadium. I don't know. It's not going onto the field. So I'll say this, uh, I, I'll, I'm excited for six months from now when the Yankees are in the playoffs. So that just means it's more and more games to hurt you and Marcus's souls. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. That's six months from now. I don't have to think about baseball again for another six months. It's fantastic. I have to think about it every day for the next six months. Well, live and my life. And I'll just throw out an aside. Uh, my fantasy baseball team's dog shit, too. So I'm just getting it from both sides. <laughs> Well, listen, football starts in what, five months? Yeah, something like that. Oh, great. I have the fucking Steelers season to look forward to with no quarterback. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Next call. Hey, guys. This is Dwayne out in Missouri. Um, given that the season has started, the new season of SmackDown has started, and that is the only show I can record on my DVR, I have decided to go ahead and time how long it takes me to watch the show. This was inspired by uh, an episode a few weeks ago, I think when the Mysterios were still on it, and I managed to get through the show in under 10 minutes. So on this week's show, I watched all the WrestleMania recaps. I watched the Xavier Woods versus Butch match because Butch is a brand new wrestler, so I wanted to see how he performed. I did watch the Sami Zayn interview 
I watched the Gunther versus Joe Alonso. Given that it was his uh, SmackDown debut, I was really pulling for Joe Alonso, but he just didn't didn't make it. Um, I did watch the Raquel Rodriguez promo until Los Lothario showed up. Then I hit the fast forward button. Surprisingly, for the first time, I think I watched Happy Time. I was just kind of curious as to how on earth they were going to make what's his name a good guy. Uh, I watched just enough of the Lacey Evans segment to understand what was going on with her. And then I watched the Roman bit at the end. Total time from the time that first screenshot hit and my, my thumb hitting the fast forward button and all that, 48 minutes and three seconds, which isn't bad. So that's the time to beat. <laughs> You well, watched if, you watched way more SmackDown than any sh- anyone should have to this week. Yeah, I was gonna say if the goal is to spend more time watching SmackDown, I will not be able to beat the forty eight minute mark. Like I won't be able to spend more than forty eight minutes. Like my average SmackDown viewing is maybe fifteen twenty minutes. So you know, you catch the Roman promo, you catch the Paul Heyman setup for that promo. You maybe watch a little Sami Zayn. You see what's going on. You get a gist of what's going on, and you move on. You delete it from your DVR. That's that's fifteen twenty minutes tops. Here, and I'll do my gazintas myself. Like I watched the YouTube version of it, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so here's what I watched from uh, SmackDown this past week. Okay. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna expose myself as to what I watched. I watched the uh, the the Ronda Rousey promo, which was three oh. minutes. Sorry to hear that. I watched the uh, Raquel Rodriguez promo, which was a minute and a half. Uh, I did watch the Happy Corbin Madcap Moss segment, which was another three minutes. Uh, I watched the Lacey Evans promo, which was another two minutes. Uh, I did watch the Drew and Sammy stuff, which was another three minutes. And then I watched the uh, Roman promo at the end, which was five minutes. So five, eight, 10, 13, 14. Uh, I made it through SmackDown in 17 minutes, just off YouTube clips. No, there you go. You didn't have to get through commercials either. Right. And I'm ad block, <laughs> so I don't know what a commercial is. There you go. But thank you for calling in, Dwayne. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last call. It's pink button time. Hey, Joan Adams, Dad. Um, it's been a rough week, you know. <sighs> so I guess let's just get into it. Uh, two things. First, uh, we lost Gilbert Gottfried, and very, very sad about that. Um, Gilbert was amazing. He's a man. And uh, two things, Joe specifically. What's what are some of your favorite Gilbert Stern show moments? Like when uh, he fucked with Eric, uh, talking like Doctor Frankenstein, assuming he was Igor. That was a good trick. Um, and secondly, losing Gilbert Gottfried in the same year as like Bob Saget and Louis Anderson and Norm Macdonald, like a lot of our greatest comic minds are passing away this year. So I just wondered, are you guys as scared for me as I am? Because uh, I'm very terrified being, you know. A funny genius. Um, second, twice, uh, they're really just coming over here to do two dates in LA, and I, I solely blame Adam for this, for saying that they were a My Hero Academia character. They probably heard that and assumed that all of us on the East Coast are uh, awful. And uh, Adam, this is your fault. Uh, I, I think you need to make it up to me. I don't know how you'll do that. 
but I think you definitely need to uh, make this up to me because because we're not playing the East Coast date. It's your fault. You know, <laughs> TT, Signal, Strawberry, Feel Special, I Can't Stop Me. I'll never hear any of these songs live, and it's your fault, Adam. So thanks. <laughs> Bye. Well, I'll just jump in, and then I'll let you take care of the the opening part of that call. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure you'll get over it, Ed, because like, won't you just move on to the next fad musician that you'll be obsessed with for six months and then never talk about again? I, I think if Ed just pretends that twice uh, has went the same route as Poppy, I think he'll be better for himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Ed's another one who likes to set himself up for failure. Just like how he includes himself in that list of uh, funny men that passed away this year. I think Ed's fine. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's he's on a steady diet of dreaming about cocaine and ketamine and steroids. So dreaming about it is good. I think Ed's going to do all right. Um, but yeah, man, the Gilbert thing is bad times, man. I felt, ooh, baby. Uh, I, I do a whole thing on it, I think, uh, against Todd's wishes on After Dark this week. Yeah. Um, but Gilbert was just like uh, this wild man when it came to comedy and he did such a good job of protecting his private persona for so long. Um, and you know, I go into a bunch of it on, uh, after dark, but him doing dice clay was hilarious. Uh, Gilbert doing like all the Bella Lugosi shit was great stuff. Um, there's one where they would have him. Oh my God. Like. There's one where they have him doing dice clay and it was right after Steve Irwin died. Right. Mm. And he's talking about like trying to have sex with Steve Irwin's daughter. And like, it was just crazy stuff, man. And like Gilbert just had like, when it came to the comedy stuff, he just had no fear and would just say the craziest shit, you know? And I I mentioned it on after dark, but, it was the Hugh Hefner roast mm-hmm. and it was less than a week from nine 11. The buildings were still fucking smoldering and he did a nine 11 joke where he said that he would, he was late getting here, but there were no direct flights. All the flights coming into New York stopped at the world trade center. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was like, yeah. it was less than seven days. Right. Yeah. And no, he I just remember that. Yeah. He just didn't care, man. And there were other times on Stern where, um, you know, people that were his friends like Pendulette and Richard Belzer and stuff like that would come in and they would start to try to tell stories about the real Gilbert. And you could just see Gilbert squirm and like Gilbert just being a cheap motherfucker. And I say this to Ed, if you never saw that Gilbert documentary that came out a couple of years back, maybe about five, six years ago, and it's just like. Gilbert is like, I will take the mega bus to my show if that means that $900 plane ticket that they were going to have me to come fly out is going to be in my and my envelope at the end of the weekend. You know, (laughs) like I'll I'll take us I'll do a six dollar mega bus ticket instead. Um, Just a fascinating character, both on stage and off stage. Um, Just an incredible performer, someone that's going to be so sorely missed. Like that sort of just wild comedic voice is something that doesn't exist anymore. And uh, yeah, uh, that's it. And that's our last call.
Yeah. And as far as, Ed, uh, me making it up to you about the My Hero Academia thing, uh, as I said at the top of the show, uh, you, me, and Joe, will do like a drunk slash whatever other things you want to do show one of these days. It'll have to be for like Patreon. I think people are going to have to pay for that. Oh, my goodness. it could be a simulcast between uh, the At Odds Patreon and maybe the Porch Talk Patreon and the uh, Pod Van Dam one. Sure. <laughs> All right. So thanks, everyone, for calling in. Uh, of course, a much heavier call show, which I like. Um, you know, let's get these shows to be nine hours long, you know? Yeah. Or the more calls, the less wrestling talk. That's my Yeah. My uh, and it's in the show notes, of course, 570-846-0897. Uh, give us a call. There's never a topic. Just call in and talk about whatever the hell you want. Um, but, uh, you know, soon to be named network, uh, soon to be named network.com. I know Adam goes through all the other shows that are in the network, out of the network, but I would be remiss not to mention that anytime any of the folks from these other shows show up on other shows, don't forget to let me know so I can make sure to put it up on the site. Um, T public store through the mothership, tinyurl.com slash longbox heroes. Uh, get designs inspired by this show. Uh, Final Wrestling Place, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, and Hit My Music. Hit My Music returned this week. Uh, David interviewed Ernie Osiris. And if you don't know who Ernie Osiris is, he was, you know, and again, he was a student, a low-end guy in Ring of Honor uh, during the transition to the HD Net days. Uh, but, you know, he comes across as like a real dude a likable dude a guy who's gone through some shit and is dealing with a lot of stuff and gets like super real and super honest on the show um so if you're a fan of that era of ring of honor and you wonder whatever happened to ernie definitely check this one out it comes at my like highest recommendation for the week and i listen to a lot of goddamn podcasts um but you could also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our amazon affiliate link uh, does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this week include... Where the hell are my notes? I'm all fucked up this week. I apologize. Somebody purchased uh, Peter and the Star Catcher Acting Edition, which is a hardcover book, presumably about acting. Oh, I wonder if we know any actors. And we, I think we know at least one. Yes. All right. That's all and, you need to know is the one. And somebody also purchased Clocole Bluetooth headphones with neckband. <laughs> uh, that sounds like something that would have like 50 more words in the description. No. You know, like it, something. I don't, you know what? Let me check. This was one I might have cut down because it got into like maybe like specifics and serial numbers and shit. Yeah, yeah. But let me look that one up. We're talking, so let's look it up. Uh, but a- again, thanks to everyone uh, who made any and all purchases through the Amazon click-through this week. Uh, I'm never going to be one of the wireless uh, earbud guys because I'm always deathly afraid I'm going to lose one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so here you go. Clocal Bluetooth headphones neckband, 20 hours playtime, version 5.0 wireless headsets, sport, sport noise canceling earbuds, with Mike for gym running compatible with iPhone, Samsung, Android. That's more like what I hoped I'd hear. <laughs> That's no a more typical. I know, I know with you in the future, we're going to do the full descriptions for everything. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Those are always the best. 
All right. Other things that are the best, Joe, are these other podcasts that you should listen to. And those podcasts are, as you mentioned, many of them already, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, Final Wrestling Place, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Hellions Talks, Wings on Wings, and you know what, Joe? Uh, I'm not really sure of the details, but before we went on the air, uh, I had tweeted out, you know, a, a call for people to uh, leave a voicemail. And friend of the show, David Bixenspan, tweeted back wondering what the topic of the voicemail this week was going to be. Uh, and again, I think he gives us way too much credit for being more organized and having a plan. Uh, but I had called him out on the fact that that uh, he had not yet said on Between the Sheets, Adam Van Special. And he believes that he did. And I am apt to believe him, being a man of upstanding virtue that he is. So reinstated into the plugs is Between the Sheets. So welcome back. Uh, and so the only show that I am no longer plugging is The A Show. The A Show will not be mentioned on this podcast. Perfect. Yeah. So um, I think that's it for plugs. That's it for the main show. Uh, the schedule says there is not going to be a all heat, no heaters segment this week, right? Yeah, just just the uh, my favorite segments, all that's left. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> All right, Joe. Uh, I do not have a big week this week. Oh, so like, only 14 things? I, I, I'm not even saying this as a bit. Uh, you're going to be surprised at how good of a boy I am. Cause I mean, as we all know, this is the year of financial responsibility. So, uh, you know, I kept it to a reasonable, uh, a reasonable group. And I just start things off. This isn't really a purchase, uh, because technically I talked about this. I don't know, six months ago, eight months ago, maybe prior to the formal weekly purchase segment, but I had talked about pre-ordering, the Walmart Hollywood elite Roddy Piper, the they live Roddy Piper. And uh, just this past week, I got the cancellation. So my Walmart ah. went and canceled my they live Pipers. Uh, so I had to buy one for 35 shipped in the major group. Uh, so that arrived this week. And so, like I said, it's not really a purchase because I did technically buy them a while ago. This was like a repurchase type deal. Well, the initial purchase got canceled and this was, you know, a new purchased in the last seven days so i i'd say it counts right all right fair enough what about you joe do you have anything uh well you know what uh, i do have two things and right. i think you and i share one of them right and i think there's like kind of a shared story that we could do between the two of them absolutely why don't you hit me with the one that we don't share all right so um many 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 months ago uh i had purchased uh, because retros are back, everyone, and there's at least three companies that are doing them. Uh, Hasbro is doing retros again. 
uh, zombie sailor is allegedly doing, you know, I paid for them, you know, they're on a boat somewhere. They're supposed to be shipping within the next seven days. We'll see. Um, and Chella Toys is doing them as well. And they have a variety of different licenses and licenses and so forth. Um, and one of their out of their first set, uh, they had like an Ethan Page, a Bull Nakano and a Hayabusa. And I yep. purchased the Hayabusa. And yeah. I had learned from a lot of other people that the normal Hasbro retro case that you can get from ringside is just a hair too small for the size of the cards that the cellas come on. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I did some looking around at the group. I'm very rarely in the group because it's a very toxic place. I got no problem saying that. That's the major wrestling figures, toy boy, Facebook group. And somebody had told me that there was this company called Zolo toys um that or zoloworld.com zolo toys that did them but they were out of stock they did a case that fit that larger card hasbro and like when i'm saying larger card like i mean like literally like if it's two millimeters but that two millimeters makes a world of fucking difference right yeah there were people in the group that were suggesting oh why don't you just shave off a piece of the cardboard and it'll fit Fuck in a that. typical one yeah screw that so <laughs> I go to the Zola World site. I find the thing. says sold out. I bookmark it. I'm checking the thing every day. I reach out to Zolo through whatever, you know, contacts I can. I go, hey, I'm looking for this thing. It says it's out of stock. Let me know. I'd love to be able to know when this thing comes back in stock, right? Yeah. So like, oh, okay, you know, just like follow us on social media, blah, blah, blah. I go, okay, I'll follow them all on social media, right? So then I'm following them on Facebook, and then I get an invite from them to, like, join some, like, secret private group of theirs, right? Whatever, Ooh. okay? Yeah. I want I want this fucking case, okay? <laughs> yeah. So I do it. And then every time they do a post, like, hey, we just got this case back in stock. I comment on the tweet with a link to the Hasbro thing that's out of stock and says, hey, man, I'm I, it's great this one's in stock. Let me know when this one's in stock. Okay. Every time they put up a thing, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, last week they put it up and they actually respond to me. And they say, we have these in stock. I go, no, you don't. Here's the link. So the guy slips into my DMs and he says, it's the same case as this, but we don't advertise it because if we advertise it under the Hasbro thing, it'll sell out. Okay. <laughs> Which makes no sense. Is like, I don't want to sell all of my inventory quickly. I, I'd rather sit on product rather than ha have money that I can then invest back into the company. <laughs> well, here, let me. And again, I, I maybe I'm misquoting the guy, okay? Yeah, no, I, got, I got you. It's just, we don't want a huge run on our product. We'd rather it be a. I, a, I a think it is. It's like, we have them, but we don't want to get completely blown out of our stock on them, you know? Yeah. Okay, he's like, sorry for the delay. We can open the website, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he goes, okay, please go to blank. It's the same exact case. Um, right. So I think he had said uh, in the Facebook thing, right. So he didn't come out. He just kind of like says like, hey, we're not, you know, listening on the Hasbro thing. It's under this other thing. Okay. Yeah. So I go, okay, well, I'll take the chance. He's opening the thing up, whatever. I know Adam needs one. I'll order one for me, one for him. They come. I open them up. I put it in. And Adam, 
this fucking thing fits the goddamn cellos like a glove. Awesome. It's beautiful. Now, I tweet out the picture, and I had a couple people contact me privately and publicly in regards to this because they're figure collectors. They're looking for this thing. Hey, man, I go to the site, and it comes up as out of stock for me too, okay? So uh, if you go to ZoloWorld.com, okay, and in the search functionality, you put in this stock number. B is in boy, S is in Sam, W is in William, 002. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's going to bring you up five results. Okay? The five results are the Hasbro, WWE figure, uh, X-Men Toy Biz case, Star Trek Next Generation Gloob case, uh, Ninja Turtles Nickelodeon Playmates case. Okay? Yep. If you click on any of those four, it's that same stock number, but they all come up as out of stock. But if you click on the Series 1 or 2 Walking Dead figure, right? Mm-hmm. They're in stock. And it's the same stock item number. I purchased two of them, and it fits those cellas perfectly. That's awesome and such an unnecessary roundabout way to get there, but I'm glad it works out for both of us. Yep, and they're nice, hard, they're, they're nice, thick cases. You know, I, I've tried a couple different companies' cases. Ringsides are goods. Uh, there's a company called Figure Shield. Eh. Um, there's another one that's called MOC. Uh, what the hell is it called? I did order. It's MOC Masters. Mm. Uh, MOC Masters typically just does Star Wars type stuff. Um, but they probably have like the nicest, hardiest cases at the best price. Okay. But the the Zolo World ones that came in are nice too. Awesome. Um, so Adam will be the judge when he gets his uh later this week that I picked up for him. And uh, like I said, I do have a couple, I think I have like two spare. Uh, what should we call it? Uh, Hasbro ones because I did buy them just to check. Yeah. So that when my Brian Zombie and Double J Zombie come in, I could try those. But if they don't work, I'm gonna buy these Zolo ones because they're nice, they fit, and they're sturdy. Yeah. And do you have any like old Hasbro's that are meant on card? Nope. Yeah. See, I still have like I have a Shawn Michaels one. I'll have to when uh, I get this one. That you got for me and thank you for going through all the legwork to get this uh i'll have to see how it fits or like size wise what it's like compared to uh the one hasbro one that i have now just out of curiosity you know uh, right but it's awesome that this works out and i can uh i can finally take my ethan page that uh i had planned on just throwing up on a shelf but then when i saw how much they were selling for i was like oh this bad boy's staying in the box until i get a defender <laughs> you know but uh awesome Glad you glad you figured that out. And again, thank you for forgetting. Yeah, and like I said, if I could pass that along to our listeners, because I know we're in the toy boy segment, and if you yourself am a toy boy and you're look, you bought those cellas, uh, those cases are in stock. They're just like secretly in stock, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got two quick things, and then we'll go to the the main event, if you will. Yes, our shared uh, purchase. Yes, our shared big boy purchase. <laughs> Um, so this is kind of wrestling related and you'll understand why in a second, uh, every once in a while at the importer exporter business, uh, an opportunity presents itself to get some product. Yep. Well, there's that word, uh, 
to get some product on the real cheap. And uh, an opportunity presented itself this week for, are you familiar with the brand JBL? Not John uh, Bradshaw. Like, I was going to say, Justin, uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so JBL makes some headphones under the Under Armour brand, which are whatever. Uh, but they have, a, and I use this term loosely, but a special edition series of headphones called Project Rock. And not rock and roll like rock, but as in the rock, Dwayne Johnson. And these are basically $300 over-the-ear fancy-smancy headphones and in-ear wireless ones that are like $250. Bucks. Uh, but I got the opportunity this week to buy one of each for 90, 90% off. Woo, baby! Yeah, and I have no use for them because I, I very rarely use headphones. Hell, I don't use them for recording a podcast, uh, but I don't use headphones that much for going out and about. Uh, but like it was such a crazy price that I was like, well, I, I can't not buy them. You know what I'm saying? And the box is really nice and it has like the rocks, like fake signature on it and everything like that. I might even keep them mint in box, Joe. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I got some uh, wrestling adjacent related headphones uh, from work. Have and, you looked at the price in the secondary market for these? Oh, uh, I could. I could. There's an opportunity there as well if I w- if I were to take advantage of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, we'll we'll talk off the air about maybe some other plans. But uh, one other thing, and then I'll go to the main event. Uh, I've said before that I kind of keep my eye out on eBay for the 2021 tops Kevin Owens versus Randy Orton card because it features uh, Jake Clemens on it. And uh, obviously we've talked before about there being like 10 different versions of the card, each with different like serial numbers. Oh, this one's limited to 99. This one's limited to 50. This one's limited to 200, whatever. So I kind of keep my eye out. And if they're like super cheap, I'll just grab them. You know what I'm saying? So I can try to get like one of each to, to give them when I see him again. Uh, and there was this one lot that popped up on eBay this week. And it had uh, one of those cards that was limited to 75. And it was like a yellow version. And it was one that I didn't have and one that I didn't see yet. And it came with like eight or nine other cards. And there was like a numbered Usos card. There was a number to 75 Finn Balor card that had like a piece of a t-shirt in it and stuff like that. And so, like I said, it was like 10 cards and it was $10 or best offer for like the lot. Oh, oh, come on. You always got to go or best offer. Yeah, Yeah. So what I actually did was like, I only want the Orton versus Owens card, uh, which let's be real. I only wanted the Jay Clemens card. Sure. So I messaged the guy. And again, it was $10 or best offer with free shipping. So For 10 was, cards total, right? Yeah, like nine or 10 cards. Okay. So I messaged the guy and I was like, hey, I'm really just interested in the KO Orton card. Would you do $5 shipped for just that card? And then you could just keep the rest of them and sell them. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like thinking like, as you said, about 10 cards at 10 bucks, this guy's really doing it at like a buck a card. Let me overpay you for the one card. And then you can go ahead and sell the rest of them, whatever. You're making an offer. You're giving them an extra four bucks. So you don't have to 
uh, get rid of the other eight or nine cards that you have no use for. Exactly. Uh, so he responded back relatively quickly. Nah, I'm just interested in selling them as a lot. And I'm like, all right. So I sent like a best offer of like, I don't know, $6 and it got auto rejected and it was set to like auto reject a certain amount. And I ended up paying $8 for the 10 cards or the nine okay. cards, whatever. Uh, and again, I just want the one. So like uh, the other ones are just going to get like uh, thrown in as a gift ski and the next thing I sell in like the major group or whatever. Sure. You know? Like I don't want them. You know, I have no use for them. A uh, friend of the show, Derek, is a Finn Balor fan. So I'll probably send him the Finn Balor card. But uh, like I said, I just wanted the one. It's not really worth anything to anybody other than Jake, uh, but like or collectors of Jake Clemens. But it's just funny how this guy like didn't want to do business, but I ended up getting all of them for three dollars more. You know. So do you know how many total there are of that card? Like how many uh, different variants? I do, because uh, Jake actually sent me the list. Uh, <laughs> there is a standard version that's like not limited at all. There's a foil version that's also not limited, but it's like a parallel, so that's two. Uh, there is one that's limited to two ninety nine. One that's limited to one ninety nine, one that's limited to ninety nine, one that's limited to seventy five, one that's limited to fifty, one that's limited to twenty five, one that's limited to ten, one that's limited to five, uh, and then there's a, a one of one, and then there's four printing plates. So there's a total of thirty versions. Oof. Uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. No, I my math's bad. There's a total of fifteen versions. I was using my fingers on my hand, and I, you did three fists. <laughs> there's 15 versions uh and i currently have one two three four i have five of them now so 10 more to go but those printing plates and one of ones he's on his own for those unless i see it's like oh buy it now 10 bucks 15 bucks uh you know I'll, I'll snag one and he'll have to he'll have to owe me but so far all these ones that i'm grabbing for like three dollars here four dollars there i'm just gonna give him and throw him in his boot you know <laughs> you can, right I'll, I'll get a mark photo with him we'll call it even but uh these one of ones he's on his own for you i'm not gonna find those now have you in your searching for these have you even seen the one of one out there no no i haven't seen them yet um, have you seen another cards one of one just to give you an idea like hey i saw you know, uh, happy Corbin, one of one, and that was selling for X. So that means this card would probably be selling for plus or minus X. Um, not a lot because I don't have like, like my search isn't that wide. Um, okay. I, I know that like, if you see a one of one, like it could be like a random one of one, like you, as you said, happy Corbin or almost somebody like nobody cares about, uh, if they pop up in the major group, People are like, it's a one of one, uh, $2,000 shipped because they have no idea what they're talking about. And they just think cards are hot and one of one means it's valuable when they don't realize if you look at on eBay, like the, there's a huge difference between a Roman Reigns one of one and, and, and like a, a, a random like here's, you know, uh, nobody, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Again, so, I said like happy Corbin or, exactly. you know, or. So, one of my the most scenarios or something, you know? Yeah, in my experience is like a, a printing plate. If I had to ballpark like a value, like as long as there's not like I don't accidentally get involved in a bidding war with Jake himself or somebody else that's doing this, uh, a printing plate might be like 20, 30 bucks. That's not bad. 
yeah, it's not bad. Uh, uh, and then, like you said, there's four printing plates that make up a card, and then there's another one of one. So, I mean, he might be looking at like two hundred dollars to get all of those one of ones. Like I said, he's on his own for that. I'll just get the little ones here and there, you know. Gotcha. But yeah, I'm happy to to grab those if I ever make my way out to Ohio. I'll, I'll hand them all off for sure. All right, Joe. Main event time. Big boy purchase time. Oh, big boy. Uh, you start this <laughs> off because you're like, we're going to we're going to do this in like the order in which it happened in like real time. Right. OK. Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned before, you are not uh, in the toy boy group as often as I am. I look right. a lot. Uh, I'm in there just kind of seeing what uh, what shenanigans are going on, who's saying what, who's doing bad things and, and whatnot. And I'm occasionally buying some stuff and trying to sell some stuff. And ooh, uh, just I would be remiss if I didn't say uh, I, I'm sure this might be covered on next week's Longbox Heroes After Dark, but I did manage to sell Todd's Nyla Rose Chase figure in the group. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, it'll be on this week's After Dark. Yes. Yep. And I sold it to a listener of the show. I I have that in my notes to ask you off air about that, but yes. yeah. So I, I, I don't want to expose that person's business, um, but I will just say when I packed that uh, figure up, I used an unreasonable amount of Postal Peanuts. Uh, so, uh, I, I mean, I'm serious. Like, I suggest having a vacuum or like a broom handy because it's going to be unwieldy. <laughs> you, you either do one or you do hundreds. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did sell that in the group this week. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, so I am in the group. And somebody had said, hey, I'm selling all of the contents of this month's AEW All Elite crates. Uh, and as is the case in most uh, most of these listings, they're like, you don't want to spoil the content. So sometimes they'll be like, oh, DM me for what's in the crate. Or in the case of this first one, uh, it was, hey, the, the spoilers are in the comments. So I always take a peek because you never know. I, I'm not interested usually in like the... The, the the t-shirts even though i got the i got a t-shirt a couple weeks ago in one of the crates but most of the stuff is junk but i do like to look at the micro brawlers now i'm gonna, stop, know, you, I'm gonna yeah. stop you right there for just one second yep because many many months ago even on this very show uh i forget what micro brawler finally came in it might have been the terry funk it might have been the mortis one the mortis one i got just because it looked really cool yeah and then we kind of like hemmed and hot every time one of the new micro brawlers had come up I'm like, nah, I don't need the Brian Pillman. I had DJ offer me the Chris Candido one, which I knew was coming because I knew Brian helped des- Brian Myers helped design it. Yeah. And I said on this very show, I'm out of the, the micro brawlers. Now, I, I did get the Bret Hart one yep. uh, recently. That one's still waiting to come in because I want a Bret Hart figure that actually looks good. <laughs> um, but I did say, I'm out of the micro brawlers. Unless yep. they make this one person. <laughs> yeah. So go so- ahead. <clears throat> so I I see the guys like okay I'm selling the contents of this month's crate. Uh, spoilers are in the comments. I go and I click on it, and the guy didn't yet because I'm seeing this as it's being posted. So I see his initial post, and I see his first comment is like a checklist of all the things that are in the crate, and it's like oh Hangman Page T-shirt and you know so and so sticker and whatever like just stuff that I don't care about. And then it says, Eddie Kingston Micro Brawler. And my heart stopped, Joe. My heart 
it skipped a beat. I almost had a kerfuffle. So without <laughs> even seeing the micro brawler, I comment, I'm interested in the Kingston brawler. Like I'm the first person to even leave, leave any kind of mark. We don't so, even see a picture of it. You see its name on a checklist. Yep. That's all I saw. So I leave that message. And then, you know, he's slowly, he's like, here's a picture of the t-shirt. I want this much. Here's a picture of this. I want this much. And then here's a picture of the Eddie Kingston micro brawler, $50 shipped. So I obviously, I ignore this and I screenshot the picture of it and I send the picture to you and uh, uh, Kevin. And I send the picture also to Brett and DJ and uh, I'll leave it for you in a second. uh, But Real quick, I get a DM from the guy, and he's like, so are you interested? And I'm like, yeah, buddy, not for 50 bucks. Like, I'll I'll wait, like, a couple weeks, and I'll get it for, like, 30 bucks. But thanks for no thanks. And uh, then I turn it over to you and your half of the conversation to continue it. Yeah, so you sent us the picture. I forget what the hell I was doing. It was on Saturday, but something was going on. And I was like, shit, son of a bitch. Because, like, you just, like, no context, you just put the picture up, right? Yeah, I think I had, like, the, the wide-eye emoji or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, fuck, did I miss, like, the pre-order on this or whatever it is? And you're like, no, it's in the AEW crate. Somebody's looking for 50 bucks on it, so on and so forth. Uh, and I'm an idiot. I don't know there's an AEW crate. And you tell me that the crate's 40 bucks, but the crate's sold out. People are piecemealing it out. It's 50 bucks. And you're like, I told the guy I wouldn't do it for anything less than thir- like less than 30, right? Anything more than 30. Yeah, I wouldn't pay over right. 30. 30 bucks is the most I'm going to do. So I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So I immediately I go, just like Adam does, I go and I do the search on eBay, uh, Eddie Kingston, AEW, Micro Brawler, and I see people having them up there for like 47 to 60 bucks, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I could wait. You know what I mean? And that yeah, this was Saturday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I could wait. This will eventually come down. 100%. Um, and then I think Monday, you went and grabbed one. Uh, you put in the little group. Uh, you're like, spoilers. You ordered yours $29.99, free shipping. Um, and you're like, I could have waited a month or two, got it for 20 bucks, but I got it today, right? Yeah, I just wanted it in my possession, you know, just to be able to be done with it. Right, so that was Monday night. Uh, you know, when I did it Saturday, I get my first, like, every morning you get your report of your new listings on your watch list, right? Yeah. So Sunday, they're still 47 to 60 bucks. Monday, uh, when I looked at the report, I saw, like, 35, which shipping was the lowest one. And then the next morning, Tuesday morning, I get one, and it came through at 20, well, it was 27.99 with shipping, but then with tax, it ended up being twenty nine sixty seven. Yeah. Uh, so I I did I did a nickel and dime Adam there by thirty two cents. <laughs> um. But yeah. So uh. Now and again, I I'm gonna say this. I'm done with micro brawlers now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. With, with this caveat. Okay. If they do a. 1995 ECW Cactus Jack. And that means it's the shirt. It's not the flannel. You know how Cactus Jack looked in 1995 in ECW. I want that micro brawler. Or 1995 
how he 1995 96 you know 90s raven because there is a raven micro brawler out there but he's like all fucked up he's got a weird haircut he's got the onk painted on him he's got like the skirt no 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 i want 95 to 97 ecw raven if they do that micro brawler or if they do the 95 cactus micro brawler i'm back in but i got an oc i got an eddie kingston i got a brody lee I got the Mr. I got the Mr. Hitman coming in. I got the Mortis just because it looks cool. And I got a Terry Funk. I'm good. Well, what if like any other like frenziers were to get one? Like what if there's like an Ultraman is black micro brawler one day? I probably wouldn't have to buy one because I could probably get one off the boss for free. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like any one of those types of people, you know, like maybe there's a big Dan champion and he'll pay you to take it. And That's you have to true. Just add it That's on the true. shelf. <laughs> um, I will just say, say as an addendum to the story, because um, like you said, all this happened at the beginning of the week, and we both had ours locked down, and I was happy. Um, I'm relatively positive that that person who offered it to me for fifty dollars is still like trying to get like forty five on tonight's flea market for it. So good luck to him. Um, and I saw as I was scrolling through Facebook today in the major group. Somebody posted one for 25 shipped and I was like, ah, son of a bitch. So, but I'm like, okay, whatever. So I clicked like on it. Cause whenever I see something with a good price, I'll click like, and then the algorithm will, will make it more visible to other people. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times I'll see things with a shitty price and I want to click the LOL button, you know, like just to laugh at their price. But uh, that's how you get in trouble in that group is mm. to criticize anybody for anything. Um, but like, so I saw the one that was 25 shipped. I clicked like on it. A few minutes later, that guy DMs me and he's like, hey, are you interested? And I literally said, I was like, no, dude, I just got one for 30. Uh, but you have a great price. So I was just signal boosting it. So he saw that message and he's like, okay, 22 shipped. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're, you're not getting what I'm saying, but I'm listening. <laughs> you know, that 22 shipped. So that's when I was like, I think I asked again, do we know anybody who still needs one? And then I asked Brett and DJ and, uh, I don't want to blow up their weekly purchases, but, uh, Brett was all over it, and I just kind of linked them two of them up, so he yeah. managed to get that one. So, uh, spoiler to anybody who listens to this show first before you listen to We Need Wrestling. Uh, but uh, I was glad that I got that in a good home there, and he got he beat us both, Joe. You know, we're we're fighting over the who who saved thirty cents. He won at the end of this. <laughs> thirty two cents. Thank yeah, <laughs> thirty two cents. But uh, he's he's making a private deal with someone in the Facebook group, so he's probably not even paying tax on that. You know? Yeah, that's true. We got freaking got with taxes. Yeah. Doing so again, if I was a less scrup uh, a less scrupulous person and a more entrepreneurial person, uh-huh. I would wait maybe like a week until they come down to like twenty. Uh huh. Haggle these people down to seventeen shipped. Uh huh. And then sell them at the LVAC show at my gimmick table for twenty five. <laughs> that's a that's an opportunity. I uh, just listen. I I understand. I'm going to be partnered with twenty five dollars for another reason at the uh, LVAC show. I'm sure. So <laughs> let's just say it's a big show. It's the first big show for this crowd in nearly seven months. I could guarantee a lot of people are going to have new merch. So uh, you Ooh. know, bring bring. Bring some cash, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think these folks do Venmo or PayPal or 
cash <laughs> app, whatever it is. Bring cash cap. That's my cash app. My cash yeah. app is dollar bills, you know? Yeah. Well, I ha- I I heard whispers that a certain uh like somebody I know, like let's just say one of the the biggest wrestlers you're ever going to see might have a new shirt coming out and I know he oh. takes PayPal. I re- well, I already messaged him and said, "Put me down for this when they're in, I'm sending you the money." <laughs> nice. All right. That's so all is that I got. it? Is that yeah, more purchases? It. Yeah, I told you it's a it's a small week for me. I had yeah. like if you don't count like the Eddie Kingston micro brawlers one thing. And like obviously the the Roddy Piper they live is kind of like a weekly purchase, but like I have no wrestling figures this week. Yeah. Well, you almost had the Batista. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that'll come up on After Dark as well. But uh, made many attempts to go to that Target. Uh, you know what? I'm doing a live on the air check. Target. Okay. I'm doing a Target check on uh, their app. And for those that aren't going to listen to After Dark, I was at work. And I no, can't... no, because uh, that happened after we recorded After Dark. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe next week's episode. Right? Oh, next week's, next week's, yeah. 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 Uh, so I was at work, I checked the Target app, and it said that the Target exclusive Ultimate Edition Batista figure was in stock at our local Target. And I was in a situation where I had nobody that could watch, uh, kind of like take over for me at the importer-exporter business. So I was stuck. So I texted Todd and I said, hey, you want to go on a doll safari for me? And uh, he was kind enough to go and check. And he did the little walk around, didn't see anything, let me know. And uh, unfortunately, they did not have any on the floor. And when my shift ended, I went and double checked because a lot of things can change in two hours. That's true. Uh, And they still weren't there. And I asked one of the employees, uh, hey, do you have this? And the guy said, no, nah, it would be out on the floor if we did. And I said, uh, your app says you have them. And he said, the app is wrong. So uh, that was the end of that conversation. Uh, so now a couple days later, I think two days later, I'm checking my phone right now. And it says currently in stock in Dixon City, Pennsylvania. So uh, so if it's on the app in stock, can't you add it to your cart to pick up at store? No, it says not eligible for pickup, but in stock. Gotcha. Yeah. And then when you click on shipping, it just says out of stock. I have the little gimmick for notify me when it's in stock. So yeah, I just have gray selections across the board that just says that it's a, it's in stock but not available to pick up. Let me see if it's available at mine. Uh yeah, I can take a look. I know the funny story. Uh oh, it does say in stock in Wilkes-Barre. Oh baby. Wilkes-Barre, Binghamton, and Dixon City. Hmm. I was going to say the night before it showed up in stock in Dixon, I I I entertained the notion of driving up to Binghamton because <laughs> it would still be the same as paying like 45 shipped in the group. And I would buy a couple. I'd hook up the bore or anybody else that needed one, you know. OK, so strange that it's. Right. So obviously I'm going to guess. If the item comes up for not available for pickup, not available for delivery, not available for shipping, even though it says that it's in stock, but not eligible for pickup at the store, that's obviously a glitch in their matrix. Not necessarily, because I will tell you that uh, sometimes it's based on availability, like a quantity. So like at the importer-exporter business, for example, if it's something that we have a lot of, it'll let you do store pickup. But if it's like one or two left, uh, it won't let you because they figure, 
hey, there's not enough of them to guarantee that by the time the order comes through and they send the guy to go look for it and he scans it and puts it away, odds are somebody might grab it by then. So, like, if these targets only got two of them or three of them or however many are in the box, maybe it's a small enough amount where it just won't allow you to place the order versus if it was like the ultimate undertaker that like there's 20 of them at your target uh like it would probably let you do that because there's a lot of them you know okay so i'll say this when i look at the listing that's showing up here for the wilkes Bear show under the q a section right uh-huh. um it's from a month ago where it said did this actually sell out or is this an early posting and there's a lot of like remarks from a month ago you know whatever whatever there's even something here from a quote-unquote brand expert Mattel customer service that says contact target customer support for product availability questions. Not helpful. Another person has a comment here from five days ago that just that says, I spoke with corporate. They're working to correct whatever the release date error we're getting is. Um, we don't have to wait till September 9th. Just got to wait until they straighten this glitch out. So it definitely sounds like it's a glitch. Well, no, so that glitch, and not to belabor the point, but there was a big to-do in the Major Pod group this past week that uh, these Batistas were hitting the shelves across the country, and when people would go to ring them out, uh, the the skew was locked, and it would come up that the street date wasn't yet met. Oh, okay. And okay. Uh, the street date in the system was for September 9th of 2024. So it was one of those things where it was like, depending on what store you went to, you either got stores that were like, okay, clearly that's a fuck up. Let me just click the override button and we'll get you your figure Uh, all the way to the opposite end of it being like, nope, the street date doesn't isn't here yet. We're putting this in the warehouse. And then that's why there was a big to do of people saying, well, just take another ultimate like the ultimate undertaker up to the front lane, scan that and then put the Batista in your bag. And then that caused a bunch of like arguing, arguing in the the major group as well this week between people being like, hey, what's the harm? It's like two thirty dollar figures to other people being like, you know, that's theft and you're going to jail for that and just everything in between. So it wasn't a fun week in that group. (laughs) But yeah, so that's what they're talking about with like corporate is working to fix it. And I guess uh, from what I'm reading is that that is fixed. There's been no. Uh, issues with if you find them you're able to scan them you know gotcha so yeah that's that's what that is referring to i don't think any of that's referring to the inability to order on the website right but anyway so you need to go to target first thing in the morning tomorrow let's see they open at seven what time can i expect you there (laughs) i'll be waking up at seven all right so right after you have your breakfast yeah we need, I need you to get a report before DJ hears this because he's going to go and then he's not going to share with me. <laughs> so I'd have to, well, <laughs> I want to do that. I'll give you 35 delivered for one of them. <laughs> uh, no guarantees, but we'll talk off air. How about that? All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's wrap this up. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for listening to episode 185 of At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.